Welcome to the Pad Bros Podcast, your home for third-hand news, questionable advice, and dubious opinions all about Puzzle and Dragons. It is... It's not Saturday. It's Sunday. <laughs> I wrote down <laughs> yesterday's date because that's when I did the outline. It's Sunday, October 16th, 2016. There's a Godfest going on. But despite that Godfest, we've got a guest, a special guest, Kevin M. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Pretty good. Kevin made the trip down from uh, the East Bay of the San Francisco area. And uh, we're going to talk about non-IAP, the non-IAP life, if you are not spending money on stones. It's a different life. That's that's what I can say. Now, I, I've definitely lived the non-IAP life for periods of my pad career. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not just talking about the, you know, five days in between stone purchases. But uh, <laughs> uh, I definitely went, I think, uh, I started off non-IAP. Yep. And I... Um, I think I bought a couple 30 packs around Christmas of that year. That's how it starts, right? And I got nothing much. Yeah. And I swore it off and I didn't I don't think I spent money on stones for the next 10 months or so. Makes sense. But I have since gotten excited about the game and uh I don't know. I make more money now. Yeah, <laughs> I got it, a couple raises at work. It makes it easy. I, th- I think it's pretty easy to purchase stones. They make it accessible. I think Google Play Rewards has really helped uh, people who want to, you know, mm-hmm. pay for it. You could fill out these little surveys and you get free money. You know, discounts on iTunes. People do find infinite ways to make it cheaper and less expensive. But, yeah. And then you also did a JP account that was non IAP for a while. I did. It's a little different over there. It was. It was super different. Uh, I felt like I got. Stones. I mean, that was back in the day when uh, you know North America was getting you know a you know a free Tamadra in the mail. It's for every day for an event, and JP was getting you know daily dungeons where there was you know a Tamadra and a stone, or and a then P and a Tamadra, and the P the P and a stone, you know, for their stream rewards, and there would be five or six of them in a row, and and stones just kind of flowed. It's really different. I mean, I think you and I started about the same time, which is what almost two years ago, right? Something, somewhere around then. I was. I'm a little over two years ago. Okay, so I'm a little under that, but I think we both started when rewards were like we would go every other event, and one event we get to monitors, and one event we get stones, and that was it. There was no stream rewards. It'd be like one stone. Uh, there wasn't as many gift dungeons, and so it was a lot different back a couple of years ago. But it's it's we're getting closer to the fact that I think it's actually easier now to be non but you you definitely supplemented a little more if you do IP so yeah and i think that some of the monsters they've put out and we'll talk about this later that uh are farmable no matter how hard the farming is those monsters are still farmable and that just makes it so that you can you can beat end game level content without even any monsters from the rem pretty much i mean I think that some of the recent changes, and like we'll get into some of the details, but they have made farmable monsters significantly better, which has made the game much friendlier to non-IAP players, which I think is a big deal. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that in a bit. Basically, we're thinking that this podcast is going to be really long. So we've planned ahead to take a break, split this into two episodes. Um, the first episode, we're going to do a little, or the first part of this episode... We'll do a little bit of news, a little bit of getting to know Kevin, and uh, then we're going to bust into like a little bit of what the non-IAP life is like, 
versus the IAP life. Figuring out if you're not spending money on this game, what do you have to know going into that? And, and what do you have to be prepared for? Um, you know, versus some other people. And, you know, when you're, you know, when you're in a game like this where it's a co-op game, there's a community out there. Yep. And you're going to interact with that community. And especially if you want to do non-IAP and you want to progress in the game, you're probably going to want to co-op. And I think getting involved in that community, you're going to run into people that have a different perspective than the non-IAP. So we're going to we're going to talk about what that's like, what those differences are. Well, and you, you and I chatted about this, but I think one of the big things is that we're trying to get on this podcast is that you've done the IAP at a, at a fairly heavy level, and I have not, and, it, yeah. and we have different perspectives on the game. And just to kind of offer a point-counterpoint to any of the topics that have come out there. Yeah. Um, so that'll be most of our first half of the podcast. And then part two, we're going to look at non-IAP team building and monsters and dungeon, like strategies, not dungeon strategies, but strategies for putting together, you know, sort of overview of the strategies for putting together a team as someone who's going non-IAP or perhaps even non-REM. Yep. All right, that sounds like fun. So uh, let's go and get to know Kevin a little bit better. Uh, Kevin, I, I want to call you like Kevin number two or something, but I'm I'm not gonna do that. Whatever, whatever makes. I got it work. used to a different Kevin, but yeah. that's okay. We are Kevin and my names were already close enough. I don't know. People will just be confused either I, way. I'm fine with Kevin M. That works for me. That's nah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna call you Kevin. Um, so uh, what is your what was your introduction to the game? How did you get started? So I had a buddy who was playing the game, and he's been he's been playing for since almost the game came out. I think he's almost at three and a half, four years. And he was telling me about it from the beginning. He kept trying to get me to play. Kept trying to get me. To play. I was like, ah, I don't want to play United other games or whatever. And eventually, at some point, I decided to play and downloaded the game and. I think my intro, my first role was a Haku, and I got lucky because I didn't have to know what I was doing at all. And that was mm -hmm. a pretty reasonable monster to start with. Um, relatively interesting team building, um, but I didn't even really get into the game. I think I started when it was 10 minutes stamina. The game was slow, and you know, I'd play here and there, and I would you know do some dungeons. I think ultimately what got me really interested in the game was just the complexity of the game, how deep it was, even, even two years ago. At the time, it was pretty deep, but Remark I, remarkably so. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, we've my friend and I who started. To, he's not as quite as into the game as he used to be, but we've talked about this. Is we almost wish there was another game out there because we've been playing this so long. It's like, well, we want to kind of something new and novel, but this one's so good, it's hard to leave. And, and and not that I want to even, but I don't even know that I could find a game that's complex enough and interesting enough that I would want to leave for. I don't know. What your thoughts are? I mean, you I mean, you've got a different, you got a little bit of investment in the game, so uh, you know, I at this point, I, I, you know, I'm I'm very happy with what I've done in the game, and I really enjoy the game, and you know, like I think the perfect example of how I feel about it is when the Heart Cross came out, and I just was thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I'm not that good at <laughs> yes, comboing. Like I know I'm, this feeling. I'm okay, you know, I get by. But I'm not that good, and this making heart crosses seems so hard. And then Muto comes along, and it's just like, oh, you're going to give me all this extra time? And and now I love it. The heart cross mechanic is so much fun. I still screw it up. 
Yeah, fair amount. Oh, Especially yeah. the more tired I get, <laughs> like the le- the more sloppy my comboing is. Like I, it's happened to me a couple times recently where I've died when I just like I look back and the heart cross that I think I've made is not there, and I'm, or you've I'm got out like, of time to fix it. The one extra orb on the end of one of the crosses. Oh or, yeah. Or the other problem I'm sure you've come across with the heart cross is you make a board and it's got way too many hearts, and you just have no idea how to get rid of all the hearts to one side, but. Yeah, but the extra time on Miro has made it so friendly and it's so interesting to play. Yeah, but. It's 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 super fun to play that, and and I think that Gung Ho has just done a really good job in terms of not they've made you know added these mechanics and all this stuff in there, and then you know you you play it and you're like, oh well, it's this isn't incredibly impossible because I've got all this extra time. Like you know, even running Ronov, which is not, you know not my favorite monster to play, I guess, yep. but um you know heart, I, heart cross plus hitting plus. F- three four colors it's not it's, terrible it's not as terrible as i thought it would be nope it's it's, it's kind of fun and the heart cross gets in the way but it's it's not as bad as you think it is now like you i'm not anywhere special in terms of my orb movement and uh, the heart cross is even harder like if i'm like out of i'm if i'm out and i'm trying to use my thumb or my finger to do it if i'm using a stylus it's not as bad but it it's definitely more difficult, and I definitely screw it up. I think I pretty much won't play heart cross leaders with my fingers. Yeah, it, I, like it just doesn't go. <laughs> it, it's unless it's a dungeon with no preemptives, and you can just breeze, make one heart cross, and then it's like you didn't know how to do anything the rest of the time. But yeah, but so I think you know the complexity of the game really helped. I think the fact that they were constantly introducing new things helps. They're making it harder. Um, I think ultimately. I've been in part of I've for whatever reason have been part of the major meta, even as a non IP. So I quickly rolled a Lubu and did Lubu Ronya, which pretty much was the entire game for a good year, unless you had Raw or something like that. Uh, and then oh. that's interesting because at that time, I didn't have either. I couldn't run with Ronya until I farmed a Beelzebub. Yep. And I farm, you know, I I got my Beelzebub and got my spirit jewels for my Beelzebub all through running like Ama Odin grinding, which is brutal. And in retrospect, it's so brutal, and I I can't understand that I did it. Like I just I just ground out a forty five minute run through Machine Athena with double. I was double... gonna say, I was, now you can do Machine Athena with double Odins, right? Yeah, and uh, it's it's really not that bad because double Odin does damage now. You know, yes. like you know the monsters that you're facing have a lot more HP than before, but you know the fact that you can do these big chunks of damage, it was similar but somehow much better. Yeah, and and much more worth it too. <laughs> yeah, it gives you a little bit Mechathena is a little different than working that through to get a Hera, right? As well, I was working to, I was working it through to beat Starlight Sanctuary. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty brutal when you're trying to doing the kind of low-level dungeons at that rate, but I think so I think that helped. You know, I had like I had Lubu run you pretty easily. So most of the dungeons in the early game, you can get by with a board changer and a burst to finish it. You can yeah. kind of get through the middle levels. And you can get through with board changer burst. And mm-hmm. so that was pretty much my entire game up until the point at which Awoken I and I came out. I ended up with basically the same team, but just stronger, right? Mm-hmm. And then Awoken Pandora came out. I happened to have all the Dark Devils already done. Yeah. That through, and then Mirror's come out, and I've kind of switched over to Mirror for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and then Liu Bei has kind of taken up. But yeah. it's 
been a long journey, it feels like. And you look back at some of the, the time that it took to get things done back then, and it it's painful. But I think now people have a lot quicker path into the late game than they used to. Yeah. So I think I can see that. But So that was kind of my start to the game. Really. I think maybe that, you know, that kind of touches on one of the things that I probably most appreciate my comfortability with spending stones is getting skill ups. And like now, even though nowadays, you know, skill ups are much easier to both have happen and both have both come by the skill up monsters, um, especially with co-op, you know, all this stuff. I still think that, you know, being able to be like, hey, I want to skill up this monster today yep and have that be a real possibility is awesome i remember when i first tried to skill up sasuke and i was farming was it sasuke the green ninja yeah is he have is his skill up the the kotodama which i think it is no kotodama is something else but the uh it's like the little tree thing yes yep so i was trying to farm skill ups for him uh some dungeon came up that had them i ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it and i saved up like 35 of those over the course of an entire week yeah and then i fed them with 2x skill ups and i I think i managed to get the skill ups on him and but he was you know i only needed five skill ups like they don't skill up that much or like four skill ups i think those did they start at nine and skill up to five yes it's only four yep and so, like, I was, you know, planning on basically ten, six to ten feeds per skill up, <laughs> and I was excited that I managed to max skill him in thirty-five feeds, and those thirty-five yes. feeds took me the whole week to so get. It was even worse. I remember doing two Hakus and two Pandoras, and oh. that was before there was dark carnivals. That was before they were in the pal machine. And you, you had could... to buy that coin dungeon. It was before Coin Dungeons, so oh. the way that you got them... Oh, I'd have to even remember back. They didn't have a carnival, but there was the... the. It was like a bi-weekly dungeon that used to come by, and it was just that dungeon. It was like the... Uh, Lightless Devils is the one for a Vampire, but it was mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. So there's the Echidna one, There's and then there's one for the, bull, the Dark Chaser, and there's one for the Dark Fairy. Mm-hmm. And those used to come up once every... Oh, I don't know once every maybe three or four months so like my hakus and my pandoras would be at like two or three skill ups four skill ups for weeks upon weeks at a time even months before it came up again in another event yeah and so like you said there i could see there's a big advantage to wanting to say i want this monster skilled up now and that was you know that that slows down because having skills up when they need to be up is really important in this game so I think, you know, Pandora's, my two Pandora's, my two Hakus probably took me like six to seven months to skill up at the time. It's 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 much better now. They've made the yeah. game better. Coin dungeons help. But because you can usually have access to those kind of things for what? It, they come around, what, maybe every 10 weeks or so. They'll come up for a two week period because they rotate to the coin dungeons. Yeah, the coin dungeon is uh, twice a month. So yeah. it's it's like the first and the sixteenth they change it. So they just changed it today. Yeah. Um, so yep. Yeah. And like my my Lubu didn't even get skilled up. Like I was I'm not willing to run a descent to, for the one of drop on a one in three to make that work. I eventually skilled him up in the 
gung-ho machine recently. Oh, yeah. Because I was pulling for Arthur and Penis, which are the two in that. Mm-hmm. In that. But that didn't get... I had him plus 297, hypermaxed, everything before any before I even had one skill up in him because it just it wasn't possible. Yeah. And it, I so. mean it I mean the the struggle like I my first it was not my first 297 but the first monster that I maxed out in stat was uh awoke, or Amaterasu before mm-hmm. the before she had an awoken. Yep. And uh I had her at plus 99 recovery. I think I I don't know that I ever got any skill ups on her for the amount that I used her probably not i mean like none like i pr- i pretty much never used her in that yep. dungeon I, I mean i used her as a leader but i don't think as her rarely bind clear and if rarely and if you're using groden with her by the time that you actually needed a bind clear it was probably up yeah um but which is funny because you the, with the pal egg machine now i think I, at the time groden did not bind clear with his active but, ability. but ama did so you ama could did, like yes you could just wait until ama was up and then do it but I think I so I have two amas and one of my amas is in the lower form, the not awoken yep. form. I actually have her max skilled from the pal machine only, which is funny because you would never have been able to do that, you know, two years ago or a no. year ago. So, uh, so your main teams we've just touched on a few of them right now. Miru, yeah, Miru is probably my team that I am trying to be better about using the most. Okay, it's, it's like I said, without a stylus, it's hard, and so using her like off. The cuff, like if I'm out or whatever, it's mm-hmm. difficult. Awoken Pandora, I've used a lot. Um, Liu Bei is one that I've used a lot recently. I just rolled a Gremory uh, last Godfest. And That's because cool I've had role. all the Dark Devils, I've been considering, do I want to invest in Gremory? Because the Mirror's essentially mm-hmm. a better version, I would probably argue. I think if you look at the tier list and stuff, she's probably argued better. But Miru, they're, they're different. Mirror's definitely higher. Gremory's different got a different play style yep um so but i already have most of them 297 because i have all the the pandora subs so you know is it really that much of an do you have the akichi i do i um, have one of those i've had them for about a year now that was actually like talking on stone usage and skill ups the only monster i've ever stoned for for skill ups was him because it used to be only runnable in dark dragons and it was a random random spawn with a random drop i i remember when people were trying to when that first came out and even even the people that were spending a ton of stones on it were like you know just oh man you ran like oh i just finished with doggy hell yes (laughs) and like i eventually just used one pie i was like and i'm pretty i'm you can probably look at my box i'm probably like the other kevin (laughs) which just has literally a box of pies essentially for most some people you know, and I've probably got like twenty five like like blue peas and twenty five oh. dark peas, and I was like, I don't want to use one, but I was like, I, just, I can't do this anymore. It's too it's too painful. I, I'm curious with that box full of peas, like what is your uh, philosophy? Or? What is what is the goal? Where are they going? <laughs> oh, I I I've, I've well at first it was you know they were rare, and as non IP, it's it's more difficult to farm. You can't. You, at the beginning, right? They were only available in coin dungeons, or not mm-hmm. coin dungeons, but they were only available. Yeah, for yeah, a the while. Alt, the alt coin, in coin dungeons. dungeons, and so it wasn't worth my time to, to farm them. And so it was really a resource like saving type thing. Like every time I got an awoken, I only use my awoken monsters essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, most other things I'll just skill up the normal way. But now I'm to the point where I can do arena, but it's it's like 
I, so I beat Arena 1 for the first time solo two days ago or something like that with, oh. with Miro. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, 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 it's funny because it's so old, but there's just no time to spend stamina on a 99 stamina dungeon sometimes. But, yeah. Um, if I can farm that now, it's like, well, is that more efficient than just farming a skill-up dungeon? In a Depends lot of cases, on your success rate, obviously. Yeah, probably, um, but... People say that it is. I can you know, see they'll that. be like, hey, you know, if you're doing co-op and it costs 50 stamina to do the dungeon. Yep. Or, you know, because you can do co-op or you can, you know, start a dungeon with somebody and then and disconnect. Yep. And you guys both save stamina. and It's faster. It's, and... Yeah, it's it's much faster to run co-op yep. or run run solo with Miru because your skills just come up come back up so much yeah. faster. And the only time where it really becomes an issue is... Uh, uh, in like arena three, when you just you really need skills in certain points. When you of the need dungeon. to drop so many skills to get past your radar dragon, yeah, and then stall you have Kali the... right after. Yeah. You can't really stall against Kali, or you can at least take one hit to get rid of the shield against Kali. Yep. If you have that co-op level HP, although that's actually what I did in solo, mm-hmm. I was able to have enough HP to tank the Kali hit and kill her that after that which is actually doable if you have an hp badge it helps uh i i do run the hp badge on mine but maybe i just have a team with a little bit lower Probably hp just depends on your team yeah yeah i think my hp comes in at like thirty thousand two hundred. Mine's, mine's right around there with like four dark absorb latents you can tank the dark collie hit dark collie hit's a little bit bigger than the light collie hit oh, does it Yes, huh, I didn't know that. Yep, it's slightly bigger. But so the first time I did it, I had a pair that didn't have enough dark resists, and I died. And then the second time, I had enough, and I, I got through it. Yeah, you end up with like you know two hundred HP or something like that. Mm. But yeah, I've definitely taken the hit a couple times with my blue Miru team because it's got more HP. She, that team just has more HP. Yep. And I don't even have the HP badge on there. I have the attack badge on. It's probably just well. You're doing arena three and or, well, I guess uh, arena one. I do with with the attack. blue mirror. Um, arena three. I've only done in co-op. co-op. Yeah. Well, I've done it solo, but I haven't completed it. I've made it to the radar dragon. That's I made cool. it past the radar dragon one time. It's pretty brutal to do it solo. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to get one of the radar spawns where you can actually stall. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you get Hephaestus dragon solo, you're Although interestingly enough, some of the new reincarnated Evo ones can can do it solo with a a reasonable consistency, from my understanding. Minerva and Lakshmi, I think, have both done it solo, and I would suspect that Minerva, depending on your radar dragon spawn, is pretty easy. I think. Well, so I think I'm I'm leaning towards getting Sharit uh, and okay. setting up the hundred percent red damage resist. Okay. Yeah. yeah Minerva yeah. team, um, and just to farm it. Just. Well, basically because I, I probably will want to get one of each of the radar dragons. And so to just go through, get the radar dragons, and then I, I can grind it on my own with that. Like, And it honestly doesn't look like it's incredibly long. I mean, it, no. took, it took me an hour to to do Arena 3 co-oping with Miru with a partner. It, I mean, and you I mean, don't like, have to... it's, it's going to take right around the same or maybe only yeah and you, you don't know, have less to, than 50 percent more time and you don't have to think as much either it's it's very mindless it's like you could probably be doing something else and just moving an orb here and there and yeah. um i think it's probably worth it especially with the fact that they've revealed that the new mp dragon 
Eldivos are going to need the Radar Dragons, which makes me curious whether or not they're going to put those out as single-time dungeons like they did in Japan with the Pad Radar. I don't... I, I would be very surprised if they made Radar Dragons only accessible in Arena 3, but I don't know. It could be interesting. I don't know. Uh, you know, I feel like the, the mechs are all... Those mech dungeons have been... Yep. You know, they were pretty hard for a while. It's true. And they didn't make those accessible anywhere else. They also didn't make them Evo mats before. But they so. did make them accessible. Like, the Raider Dragons were accessible in JP, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they were still pretty tough, I think, in their dungeons. But I agree. But, um, do you have a other gaming background? Like, what what other games, video games, have you played before, uh, before PAD? So, I played lots of video games throughout my life um the biggest game that i play is magic so i've been playing magic for god 20 years now maybe i don't know how old the game is but maybe 15 so uh, i would say it's i mean certainly i played more than 20 years ago yep so i played as a little kid stopped for a while my buddy got me back into the same buddy who got me into pad got me back into magic and i actually got really into magic and i've played at the competitive level i'm not i'm not I play for fun. I play to hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to like five or six. I don't know if you know what a Grand Prix is. Uh, they're kind of the big magic events. But sure. Played that a couple times. To do that all the time. And So I thought that... So when I first started playing Puzzle and Dragons and started learning what leader skills were and how to use active skills and stuff like that, which unfortunately is... Even though you, you learn about it in the tutorial... You don't. You don't. You don't learn how to use it, and you don't learn what things mean until a fair bit later on. Yep. And as soon as I started to actually get how that worked and get how to, like, I was like, man, this feels like Magic the Gathering to me. Like, I'm, you know, it's turn-based. You know, there's a skill component to it, but, like, you know, balancing, you know, these leader skills and active abilities and back and forth and so on. Like, I was like, oh, this, this feels like Magic the Gathering to me. Like, I know it's not... But to me, it kind of felt that way, probably because I didn't have anything other closer to relate to it. There's a deck building part of it, this game, that I think is attractive to people. And I think the there is also, I mean, I think we haven't talked about this as much, but there's an efficiency part of this game that I really like. And it's similar to Magic, where you're trying to build kind of the most efficient deck to to accomplish whatever goal you're trying to accomplish if you're an aggressive deck or a combo. Mm -hmm. But in this game, it's... How can I be most efficient with my stamina usage to accomplish my goals? How can my team be the most efficient that it can to, you know, get that extra couple percentage in beating this dungeon or, or whatever that might be? And I think mm-hmm. it's that drives people in a very similar way. Cool. So. All right. Yeah. So Magic the Gathering, definitely a common heritage. But any, the, any other ones stand out? That... I mean, I've, I've played probably the myriad of them. I've played WoW. I, I was big into Dark Souls for a while, so I've played some of that. Um I, you know, I had a Nintendo as a kid and played lots of Nintendo. I had a Super Nintendo. You know, I very similar lifestyle to I'm sure a lot of people who play pad, right? So, um, and something that else that I think is worth mentioning on the pad side is that, you know, you talked about not really knowing what you were doing. I, I have to say that I, I throw big props out to the community to providing those resources that the tutorial doesn't have mm-hmm. and providing enough reading material like i've read starter guides i've read how do i farm how do i do this and and this is this was you know two years ago before there was before there was a discord server before reddit really got big in terms of pad there was the forums for a while but you know people just had guides out on here's good starter roles here's good here's how you get to the early game here's how you get to the mid game yeah and 
you're right that the game's tutorial is a, is, is pretty much a failure. Mm-hmm. But the community has taken up that kind of has taken up the need for that and really filled that void. Yeah, the pack community does seem really great. There's super super cool people out there, and, and I have been lucky enough to meet a number of cool people, including yourself, uh, through doing this podcast. It's been yeah, really fun. and you guys are are part of that, right? To help not only you know new players, but you know make it interesting for older players, et cetera, et cetera. And we have had some comments like that, like people saying that, you know, like your podcast and, and having, you know, not having, uh, not knowing in person of, you know, that larger community, uh, just having people talking about it and their experiences and, and how the game made them feel, which is the big part of this podcast. Well, and I think it makes a difference. It, it, it makes you feel more included. It does. And I think being on the forums and being on Reddit now I'm, I'm, I'm very good at not, you know, not posting and basically just trolling the the Reddit and reading what everyone else does. But, you know, I think that there's a really good community at home. I I think I was mentioning this to you that I actually found this podcast because I was training for a a half marathon. And so I was like, well, I got to have something to do on these, you know, hour and a half runs. And I was like, I just like I can't play Pat. I just want something to like listen to and pass the time. And and podcasts like this really helps. It makes it easy and made my run super easy. And so that's. Lo and like behold, that's how I found you guys. <laughs> yeah, lo and behold, there was an hour and a half long podcast about Puzzle and Dragons. Well, and, and <laughs> these are the same conversations that I would have with my friends who are playing, right? Like my brother-in-law would ask me a question. I got him into the game. He'd, and I would spend, you know, 10 minutes explaining something to him over text or whatever. And you guys would have a similar conversation. And so it, it felt very much like what I have with a couple of my friends in real life that you want more of, right? Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that's that's a, a pretty cool intro to you and where you've been coming from on this. Uh, do you have any? Uh, I mean, you just beat uh, Arena One solo. Had yep. you beat it in co-op before? No, and I was like, I will not, I will not beat it. In, I want to beat it in solo, but I only tried it like four times. I think it was half stamina for a while. Yep, like way back when. And I think it's just hard to find the stamina if you're not an AP when you're skilling up things and you're working on things and. I have this, I'm just obsessive compulsive and then I want to like, you know, my Subaki doesn't have the skill ups. And so I'm like, I'm not planning on using the Subaki anytime soon, but I want her available if I need to use her. So I'll spend, you know, two days farming. What was it? The contact dragon, red contact dragon that was out Uh, recently. I think blue one's out right now. It was a different one. It's, I think it was, uh, Scarlet Dusk Dawn Dragon something. Whatever it was. But yeah, so like, you know, it's like you want to do that, but then you're stuck skilling up a monster or whatever. And so I'd only tried it three or four times with Pandora. And so I ended up trying it like once more with Pandora like two days ago. And then I just tried it once with Miru. I lost once and then I beat it the next time around. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely when Skill Inheritance came out, I Skill Inherited my Aduna Duna onto uh, a monster on my Pandora team. And I'm like, yep. finally pandora wins you know i had like i think i had i had killed kali in like the challenge dungeons that came out with Mm -hmm. my pandora team and i was like oh man this pandora team is really fun to play it's a really cool team um and then uh finally skill inheritance because i didn't have that last bit of burst yeah without skill inheritance i just had you know i would do grisar i would do zuo pandora and set up a board and i hit hard and it was hard enough to well, kill Light Kali. And you were missing a you're, you're missing a catchy or 
Akechi. Akechi. Yeah. And so that's right. the big thing, which I think you've talked about a couple of times in the I podcast. Have, I still do not have Akechi. And it just got an Ultivo, which is, yeah. is, is pretty that's good. That's right. I, I, when the Sonata Ultivo comes out, I'll be happy to Ultivo him. Well, and you're, and you're, by this time, most people are, I mean, there's a lot of still people using Pandora, and Pandora is a really good, like, intro into the late game, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have passed and moved past that as part of their their pad careers it was big when it came out and then it you know mirror has really taken over most people's you know kind of a slot definitely definitely so i I feel like if dark mirror had come out i would once again lament the lack of akichi yes probably but without dark mirror so you've got your arena one solo um I have, uh, I mean, the Miru buff is here. That's the news. I don't really have any personal news, really. Um, not Nothing since last time. I think I've ground my way up to, like, rank 706 or 707 or something. But once you're in between the hundreds, it's kind of like, you have, it's not exciting until you hit it. No, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Although I did, I haven't, has somebody hit 1,000 on NA yet? Mm-hmm. It's happened, right? Yeah, um, actually. Just recently. Yeah, I saw the stream a couple weeks back. Um, the guy goes by Unknown PC. Okay. And he actually, I believe, is the fellow that's running uh, the Puzzle Dragon X, that website. Okay. So he's data mining stuff and um, getting getting data up on that website. So um, it's pretty cool to see. I, I tuned into the stream and there are a lot of people there, a lot of, hmm. lot of well-known high rank pad players chiming in to, to you know wish him well with that um i think before i mentioned it before but it still blows me away that the uh it was 120 million exp to his next rank up oh jeez. <laughs> so yeah you're you're at rank what right now 483 so it's more xp than i currently have so your total exp uh, of is that seventy eight million? Yeah, seventy eight million has gotten you to rank four thirty eight. Him to, for him to rank up from one thousand to one thousand and one would take all, almost like, the amount of time I've played the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty impressive. I I think that the first non IAP player to hit rank a thousand is still a ways away. <laughs> well, I mean, is Ganesh is going to change things? Ganesh and, will change things as well. Um, you can run sort of stoneless rank ups to seven hundred ish or so. I think it's in the eight hundreds, low eight. Is it in the low eight hundreds now? Yeah. So, um, but nonetheless, once you hit nine hundred, the gaps start getting really, really big. Because uh, you know, I'm at it's about one point three, one point four for a rank up for me um, in the seven hundreds, mm-hmm. and then it grows up to two during the course of the 800s and then you're still at like 2.5 2.6 when you're at when you hit uh 900 but then it ramps up real fast once you get past like rank 910 you start being Ugh. four five six that's 10 brutal. 16 20 like it's getting all the way up to a thousand is really well, really hard I, and this is something i i think we're going to touch on a little bit later but ranking up as non-ip is not necessarily a good thing you want to rank up at the appropriate times. So when things are, if you can plan it out well, that it comes up with something like pre-drain infestation, 
mm-hmm. it's actually very beneficial for you. And you having less stamina can be to a certain, or having less rank can be a good thing to a certain degree in a non-IP. Now, that being said, it doesn't hurt to rank up. It, you know, you're going to do it if you're going to do it. But if you can plan it out, it can be a really big advantage sometimes. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Delve into it more. Um, North American news. We've got a couple things we just wanted to touch on because we're here. We're talking. We might as well talk about the cool news that's happening. Yep. Um, the Miru buff is here. Attack uh, some stat boost and then uh, which was noticeable. For HP, me. I think. HP. Yep. I mean, I definitely saw the HP yep. bar Bumps being up. higher. Um, and then uh, the seven point seven times attack instead of seven times, which sounds like not much until you look at the multipliers. You're talking about going from a forty nine yep. times attack to a fifty nine plus times attack. It, it's noticeable. I mean, running. I ran a, like arena one just a couple times, and it was very easy to sweep floors without skills. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's how I felt with Miro before the buff. sometimes you had to stall a little bit more and get enough light orbs. You had to make a row instead of making a TPA, which can be a big deal. Um, I don't know how you felt about it beforehand. Pretty similar. Uh, I find that my blue mirror team just crushes arena, arena one. Now I run a Rochi and Ryune on the team. The two of them um, are not, you know, not like probably the ideal TPA subs for Miru, but they work really well. And, you know, Orochi, I can do a TPA and like a heart cross and two other combos, and he hits for like 1.7 million. Yeah, yeah it, they all hit a lot harder than they used to. And I mean, it it just makes farming things like Arena much easier because you don't have to waste skills in earlier levels. So I think, you know, when I did it la- when I did it on Saturday or whatever it was, you know, the hair floor, I didn't use a skill on. Like, I just happened to have a row, did a row and a cross, and she was dead. And it's it makes it so much easier to get past it. And it just, it opens up more and more content to her. And you saw the, the jump in the tier list, if you watch the JP tier list, of her from kind of the double A to the S tier tier list. And I think mainly because of this buff. Yeah. I mean, it's just like when you have a you know a leader that requires only the heart cross for activation, which means you can do TPAs, yep. you can do multiple rows, you can do these bicolor board setups and stuff like that, yep. and um, you're hitting all, you know almost a sixty times multiplier. It's like the damage levels are high. Like yes. I I'm looking at you know. I could potentially pop my Saria Light Akachi skills, which are on my yep. Light Mirror team, and burst down the Predra. Oh, I, I think you can. I mean, I, I have a similar with. I have a little bit different comp, way to accomplish it, but just Apocalypse plus DQXQ plus like a, a Light uh, Enhance. Exactly. Like Venus or something like yeah. that. And you will accomplish easily getting through the Predra floors now if you make two rows. I think yeah. is what it is. And so it makes Arena 2 much more accessible to her. Not that people want to farm Arena 2 over Arena 1 if you're just farming it solo because it's you don't get a lot of benefit. But mm-hmm. if you need to just get past it, it makes it so that you don't have to inherit a raw. You don't have to inherit something like that, which opens you up to being able to do a lot more. 
Well, I actually, you know, when I ran it before solo, I never inherited. I always just basically blew all of my skills on that floor, making heart crosses and doing mass attacks and light heart crosses, mass attack, light heart cross, mass attack. Yep. Light. And I would get through the floor. Like I don't think, I think maybe I've, I've hit the pre floor with Miru probably a dozen times and maybe died once. Sure. And that, and I never used raw or any direct damage to get through it. But now I'm like, well, I'm, would be silly to blow all of my skills trying to get past this floor when I can try to burst it down with just a standard set of two skills yeah. or in your case, three skills. Sure. You know, I have APOC and DQ on my team as well and I have Venus, but I have light Akachi inherited on. Sure. Venus. The enhances really makes yeah, it. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm seeing those monsters easily hitting 10, 11, 12 million. Yeah. Which and, before they were hitting like 7, 8, and it makes that floor a lot harder. And so it just, it opens up more content to her, I think. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I, before the buff, I got a series of Skyfall Cascades and I one-shot Zeus Dragon on a solo run. It's pretty impressive. I was like, oh, wow, this team just did 78 million damage. But now I would actually be concerned that that's exactly what would happen if I used those skills again against Zeus Dragon. Yep. Because I'm I'm probably gonna either one shot him or get him down really close. So but I think also, you know, my concern with that with Zeus Dragon would be that if that is what happens, then I'm you know, I'm getting through that too fast and I can't stall my other skills back up. Yeah. But if I go into that with all my skills up, or at least enough, uh, I can do you know, Saria, Light Akachi, and perhaps one shot Zeus Dragon, and then follow up and do DQ, APOC DQ, and that is actually enough damage now to, to get. To kill Kali. Well, to or kill, to, to kill her if it's dark, or get her down below yeah. the kill threshold if she's light. Well, and the other thing is that you actually do have more damage. Like, giving a higher top end your damage actually gives you some damage control because you can decide to make a row, you can decide to make three, two rows. So if you need to control damage at the higher end levels, right, you can't control damage obviously below the one heart cross and three three uh, light orbs because that's that your minimum is your minimum no matter what. Yeah. And your minimum is now higher, so it makes certain levels more difficult, I guess, but you actually still can control damage pretty well in that range. Yeah. So. I mean, the only, you know, uh, a heart cross and three light orbs seems to knock Parvati down a little bit over 50%. Yep. So if you can execute a heart cross and three light orbs and get one or less skyfalls, one or zero, yep. <laughs> uh, zero being the only number less than one um if you can do that then you can you can you can kill her without having to really wrestle with her too much and now at this point you know with miru i love seeing parvati i'm like oh sweet here's a floor where i'm gonna get all my skills back up yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know you're not you're not at risk right with the with the damage reduction so it's it's even if you take time to do it it is what it is so yeah. but. all right uh so miru buff Mirror buff. Def- definitely nice to have. Um, you know, I know that they made it so that, you know, I know some people were like worried about it. Like, oh man, like I can't do this now. Like the damage is too high. I I, I don't see any real issue no. with it. Like, and I think the JP tiers have, have reflected this buff for yeah. a couple months now. And you can see that it's clearly pushed her into the top tier with Ronov and... 
Kaede is still yeah, Kaede. Yeah, those which are the is, three that are. Which kind is of the crazy top. to me because it seems like no one runs Kaede. You have to have her, and you have to have lots of her. The problem, like, so not an AP player, right? Almost none of them are going to run Kaede just because. Not only do you have to have like two or three or four of them to make a good team and to make her at that level, but she's just not as accessible as Mir. Like, I guess there are so many people who on your friends list probably who have Mir up and have her max skilled and have her inherited and have her two ninety seven with the right latents because she's so good and she's so accessible. Yeah, all right. And her team building is fairly easy. I mean, the fact that you were given a Moogle. Like, she, Moogle is on my team because it's a crutch, and I'll admit that I'm not good enough to clear enough of the board sometimes, and that three-turn active is big. But just the fact that they gave everybody that, and it's a very reasonable sub, means you now only need three subs to have a good mirror team. And so it makes mirror way more accessible than, I think, something like Kaede, which is why you're seeing that, is my guess. Fair enough. Um, that's actually interesting because I thought very little of Moogle until I ran Rono mm-hmm. and I saw how useful it was to be able to just make two more hearts. Yep. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, like what does making two hearts seems like a garbage active? And then, uh, now I'm like, oh yeah, making three hearts every three turns seems like a perfect active. I, I was definitely feeling like it was a crutch, and I still think it is, because it, it means that I can't clear enough of the board to get enough hearts to come down. But when it was on my arena team and I beat arena with it, I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was, and it's not as much of a crutch as I thought it was. I don't think it is at all, because, I mean, I've uh, I've run arena and Miru and, and stuff enough to be like, you know, I've had times where i've comboed you know 26 out of the 30 orbs or you know 25 out of 30 orbs and i still don't have hearts so it's like it's not a matter of how like sometimes rng just bones you and uh, it's good to have somebody who can fix that (laughs) and i think with arena one because you don't need the damage now with the damage buff it adds a lot to your consistency if you because you can easily stall because it's up every three turns which is a big deal i think um you know, I've considered putting like a Fumagatoro on the team because it's, you know, you get the light orbs, but having access to the heart allows you to stall and it's up three times and it's a really good base for a skill at hand. Mm-hmm. So if you need to put something, it's like Venus, right? It's the same idea, right? So yeah. I think that it makes it very accessible. And I think, you know, there's also things like Verache and Elio, mm-hmm. which are pretty good mirror, mirror, you know, that are farmable, mirror subs that are farmable. So I think she's just very accessible to the general population. Yeah. That really helps, I think, her popularity on that. But and and the you know the fact that she makes a heart cross and does sixty X is pretty pretty good. So yeah. But all right, so uh, we're looking at more NA news. Is that the Batman collab is coming back? Yep. Um, now Batman Two or the Batman versus Superman has not been announced, which is where the good Batman is the armored batman is in that yes. one that's the good batman who's actually relatively high up on the tier list because he's got a heart cross that's he's all it takes cross now. Leader. <laughs> yeah um and so but that is a speculated dungeon for yes. a week from tomorrow that's what they've been doing right so like angry bird angry birds is a good example right they released angry birds one they released angry birds two so they've done this a couple times in a row i would be pretty surprised that they didn't 
Um, that being said, I've heard actually some pretty good reviews of this. If you are thinking about rolling and you don't have any of the silvers, it's actually not a terrible place to roll because the silvers in this are not terrible. Um, Give me examples. So Robin has become a very good skill inheritance because he's got the Jeezy skill, essentially. He does 99 fixed damage to an enemy off of three turns skilled cooldown. Oh, interesting. So he's... And he's a five-star. He becomes a five-star, right? Right. And so he's skill inheritable, and he's also just playable on a team. He's not great, right? He's not fantastic, but that skill is something that, like, on the Liberty Geists, right? And is it Liberty Geist, or is it the other Geist one? Star Justice. Is it Star Justice? One of them has the, um, has, oh, what's the the Green Knight's name? Now I can't remember. It's a Zeal. Yeah, Zeal. So it has Zeal, which you it absorbs everything over 100 damage. And so if you deal 99 damage to it, you kill it, you pass that floor. So yeah. that is good. It's a good skill here in space. Not a great monster. Uh, I think that the Batman Tomazo is actually a very good uh, sub for Grummery. It's a very good sub for the new XM, which is coming out. It's like Navi. Oh, okay. So it's essentially, if you look at it, it's the dark version of Navi. All right. I think I want Batman Tomazo because Diane and I have been watching the Padcross anime. Yeah. And this is our first chance in NA to get ourselves a Tomazo. It's pretty I I have to say it's a pretty my wife will tell you that I love zoom zooms which are round and 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 he's just adorable. And so but he's actually not bad if you if you're running Gremory, if you want to run um the gentleman, the dark gentleman. Uh, uh, MP, which I don't know how to pronounce. Hua. Yeah. So if you want to run her, mm -hmm. good scale inheritance on her. Uh, and it's not bad if you're going to buy the XM in the Halloween collapse. So not terrible. Uh, the Batmans are both average. Um, they've fixed the skills a little bit. So I the mean, skills are a little better now. What One of them is an inheritable two-turn delay. Which is not bad. And it's which is not bad at all. Now. Oh, includes bind clear. So they just added a bind clear too. Where interesting. And then the other one is now ninety nine fixed damage to all enemy or to an enemy, and a two a one turn dark enhance. So I've actually the only collab I've ever rolled in was the Batman, and it was dumb and stupid. But I got a Batman. I got the dark blue one, mm -hmm. and it's inherited onto my El Devo Pandora, and it's a good way to now get through something like the Predator Four. On like a Pandora team, we'll get through something like that because it's got 99 fixed damage. Oh, so very interesting. They and then I think that if you look, I think Catwoman now makes eight red orbs, which is not terrible. Um, and I think there's one other green. Oh, the Dark Batman, which is also not terrible. Uh, I don't think he's inheritable though. Yeah, but he's got the full blind blind resist. Oh yeah, which is I guess is good in some of the newer dungeons coming out have like this weird blind mechanic. That hides all the orbs, but then you also can't see them somehow. I wonder if the the blind resist works on all of those. I I think it does. I don't know which ones it works on. Uh, there's a there's a plus ninety nine Goemon dungeon that came yes. out that like throws a smoke screen over the middle two rows of yes. the screen, or like probably rows uh, two and three. Yep, counting down from the top, and then like whatever goes in. Yes. You don't lose. You don't see it. Yep. So and so, I think I'm, it. Does, I'm like, oh god, memory game. I'm gonna struggle. And I think it does help. I think it does resist those. But ultimately, if you've got a developed box and you are okay throwing a couple of stones at this, you get a couple of silvers, and you've got teams that 
they could help. It's not a terrible collab compared to some of the other ones. But yeah. it's I'm not saying I would never recommend anybody roll on a collab, but it's actually not terrible. So all right, uh, I know that in the in the Batman one, the skill up that I was waiting for. Uh, there's there's skill ups that I'm waiting for in both Batman one and Batman and the Superman versus okay. Batman. Uh, Bloden skill ups. Yep. Uh, pulled a Bloden in over the summer at one point during one Godfest. Sure, I think that we have five. We had five X GFEs on one Godfest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a while. Like back. Crazy while. Uh, so I pulled a Bloden. Uh, interested in trying him out on my Miru team, uh, oh. but he is unskilled. And he, okay. re- he requires 11 skill-ups for max skill. So I will be running the Batman collab. And I think his only skill-up is in the legendary Seaway or something like that, or legendary... Oh, yeah. It, one of those one of the 99, 99 stamina. stamina. I'm not doing that. Um, well, what was nice about the red and the green one is that they were in the 99 stamina Tamadra dungeon. So if you're just running that anyways, you just might as well skill them up. And then it was... We all need Tamadras. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, I think that's how my Green Odin got skilled up. That's how my Red One got skilled up, yep. And my Green Odin just helped me get Machine Athena, so... Yep, no complaints, right? Very happy with him. Uh, and there's Ganesha. Ganesha skill-ups are going to be coming, and uh, I have a Ganesha, and I'm ready to skill up. So, I skilled one up the last time. Um, I have a second one that's it's actually not a bad Inherit, because it's... Uh, Single turn void damage and it enhances the whole board now. Yeah. So it's actually not a terrible inherit. I think one of the things that people tend not to think about with the enhance the whole board is also that that means it enhances any thing. It's like it's an all color enhance. So it doesn't matter what team you're running. This works as an enhance. You know, even if you're changing the whole board to a single color and you need to enhance it. This works. Um, so you don't need a green orb enhance to enhance a Dios board. You can use Ganesha. Yep. You can use Awoken Yomi. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm actually seeing this in... Um, so Japan has had uh, skill delay resist latent Tamadras invade ah, yeah, yeah. in special descended rush. And I was watching some videos in the last couple of days trying to figure out how I was going to be able to farm those because I don't want to buy them. Because they're expensive. Yes, they're expensive. I actually decided to splurge and buy some <laughs> during this half off. It was probably worth it. Yeah, I, I feel like it is. And especially because I think I'm going to use them strategically on my skill delay resist farming team. Yes. And then I'll be able to farm some that way. But this will be actually really interesting, especially with our non-IAP focus. Because the dungeon that you're going to be farming these skill delay resists in. Yes actually gives quite a bit of experience per stamina i've seen that yeah so you will productively be able to rank up while farming your skill delay you still have it's not an easy dungeon though so no. you have to have a dungeon that can consistently well, and easily farm it but yeah well i you know the awoken lube requirements are not too steep okay um we're talking uh inherit a uh, a poisoner okay can it be a raw or does it have to be a poisoner has to be poison because we're using it to beat sure. uh, a resolve monster. Can you use the Jormungar as a sub? Yormugander, Yormagumgum. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As Diana says, <laughs> uh, will work. Okay. Um, I used Rodin, who obviously sure. does no damage later on in the dungeon. Yep. So I think Yormagumgum is fine. Okay. And then uh, you need. 
ideally Australis. Interesting. Now, the the purpose of Australis is you're facing Volsung. Who does the... He has resolve. Yep. He is blue, so you don't need to hit super hard to kill him with your team. Um, So Australis is going to make enough green orbs. She also puts up a buff that gets rid of the Skyfall buff of red and blue orbs, which are all going to Skyfall locked after Volsung. Which is just very, makes it much easier. So it's doable without her, but it's just easier if you don't have to deal with it. Much easier if you don't have to deal with it. But she also, her buff stays up long enough that Zerog Infinity debuffs it. it. And you can use that to to help clear locked orbs yep. from your board without um, in being in danger of getting bound. Would something like a Vishnu also be acceptable? I have I happen to have both, but like, would a Vishnu also work for players who don't have a Australis? I don't know because um, his I think is longer. You could you could yeah. inherit the Vishnu on no Vishnu shorter it's shorter his, his three, three turns, turns Australis four. is four. Yep. Um, so it would be something to look into, but uh, I but think she doesn't make all the orbs to make that floor passable. So that's probably the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, it, and then, uh, the other team is actually just Grodin is your only REM card on, it's not too the, bad on card on there aside from, it's like a Woken Lube, three Dios and Grodin. It's pretty easy to accomplish actually. Grodin being green Odin. Uh, someone sent us an email recently and was like, you guys abbreviate too much. And I was like, oh, sorry. I think that's a it's, it's a it's a product of being on forums and being on Reddit in that if you had to type out everything, you would probably go nuts. Yes. And so you end up abbreviating things. Yeah. And, and sometimes they have fun names like Grodin. Yeah. All right. And we mentioned Bloden earlier. That's Blue Odin. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Rodin, who's Red Odin. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we also had JP announced the Halloween REM. Lots of cards. No Dark Miru. Uh, I think people were mad. I th- uh, I think people. It was it was heavy speculation. There was no hints no. from from Gung Ho at all that this might be coming. Um, so I I think people were really hoping for it. And some of those hopes got so wound up that I think that they ended up feeling like it was like, oh yeah, this is definitely going to happen. It's definitely yes. going to happen. And you know, which the Halloween XM is not a disappointment. Like it, it it's not going to be the top of the meta game, and it's not going to get them the money they want out of it. But I mean, they can't make everything a mirror, and then that would just run the game. And yeah. so they have to make other teams and other colors that are different. To allow people to play different play styles. I mean, I hear plenty of people say, I don't like the Heartcross. I don't want to play it. XM is my best option, even though she's slightly out of class. Now, I disagree with that. I think it's not worth it. But I've got a buddy who doesn't doesn't want to farm a Miru. He's like, I, I just don't want to farm. Like, it, it's too much work. It's too much effort. I'm like, it's not that much. But he just, he's, he's already got an XM team. He pied. It's like, you know, I can understand that. Um, All right. Yeah. I can get that too. And she's not bad so no she's not bad um i can see people who have a bunch of dark devil subs yep pandora subs essentially right yeah just make those hearts yep. i mean it'll be a you know i believe that that monster will beat a lot of hard content people beat arena 3 with xm you, you know you can beat this with xm as well 
I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later in, the, in that the gap has shrunk in the non-IP world, but a lot of leaders can do a lot more things than they used to be able to. Yeah. And she's just another in the long line of things that can do more than what a lot of leaders in the past could do. And yeah. so she's not bad, but I think if they make a, a mirror in every color, the game is just everyone's playing mirror in some color, and then it's not It's interesting. They have to produce good monsters and bad monsters so that people can make decisions, because if you don't have both, then it's there's no decisions to be made. There's no, oh, I have this subs and these colors and this sub. So let's say I have really good subs for Halloween XM, but I don't don't have as good subs for Mirror or like a blue Mirror. What do you do? Well, it probably makes sense for you to buy the Halloween XM and play that because it's going to open more content than the Mirror is. But I don't think that they can just make a Mirror in every color. And yeah, people would be happy about it, but it just becomes a, a very unexciting game at that point. Yeah. I will say, uh, you know, they also had some buffs for some of the cards that were out in the last Halloween REM. Yep. Nothing ground-shaking. No. Um, I think that some interesting buffs to Halloween Alrowne. I don't know how to pronounce that. She got, like, double time extend. Yeah, she got... Alrune. So she's... I mean, she's cleared some pretty hard content, so... Well, I think uh, as a sub, she's pretty interesting. Unbindable... Bind clear. She yep. now has bind clear awakening, double time extend. You know, very interesting stuff. Although she has been kind of eclipsed because she she green dark or dark green dark green. So she's been eclipsed though by I think like by the by Grimmery, by Nobuga. Uh, well, she's Nibana. not a, she's not going to be a leader. She's yeah, just, just but be as a su- even as a sub, those are bind clearers now. Oh, are and they they're better? Oh, okay. And so I think it. In the past, you had basically Amir as a bind clear sub in dark, and that was it. Yeah. And you had like well, if you dark... have Gremory and Oda Nobunaga, yeah, you're Nobunaga not... are you know those are six stars, yeah. a Gala exclusive, yeah. a Godfest exclusive. You know this is a collabs. I think it's the gold actually. Gold pull, five look. star pull. So. I have to look again. I think that when the Halloween REM came out last time, I looked at a lot of that art and I said. Yeah, this is a little just bit too busy for me. But this time, holy crap, the art is blowing me away. I, I agree. I So I didn't look really close at the art, but the XM art is really good. Xiang Mei looks great. Xinhua is in the back. Yes. Uh, and it looks so good. I think a lot of the stuff that came out, I like... The Halloween Chiome, I really like her mm-hmm. art. I think yeah. it's really cool. Halloween Karn is awesome. She's got all five of the Chinese gods in yeah. her art, and they're doing the thriller dance. It's amazing. Um, and uh, who else did I really like? I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Roswell art, just because it was like very boldly outlined. I have to look at it again. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't great, but uh, there was another one that I, I really enjoyed quite a they bit. They toned down the busyness a little bit, which I know you guys have talked about a lot, but I agree with. I think that they toned it down enough that you can see the main character and then that you can see the little things that are going on around them without making it too much, like, that you can't even tell what's going on in the picture. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, it almost seems like the art that gets super busy, and it's not that the quality of art is in any way reduced. Agreed. It's just that it's like, it's, it's like they drew it on a, uh, you know, 11 by 17 monitor. It's like you would <laughs> And then, yeah. like, they were just like, oh, do all these little details here, and these little details here, and these little details here, and then they shrunk it into this thing that fits on your phone screen, and it's like, I, it all of a sudden, like, all those nice details that they made are, like, 
crammed into this tiny space. Do, do they release full versions of them for people to like put on their computer screens and stuff? Because I could see that being then valuable if you made these really nice versions. But I agree that they're just generally too busy in a lot of yeah. cases. So, but like uh, you know, I think that this recent Halloween art is is really solid and uh, looks really nice. I think a good I think a good thing about well, it, it's. That's been basically the only thing I've heard about the Halloween REM is I will pull in it for the art and then I'm not. Because I think that most people have said the added silvers and golds make it actually worse of an REM. Hmm. And XM does not necessarily – it's not Blue Mirror. It's not some of the other ones. It's not the Light light Eskimali or mm-hmm. however you want to say it. And so I think that unless you're getting it for the art or some very specific monster, it's probably not worth your efforts. And yeah. Where I think Halloween Thoth and Sopdet was really actually people I don't know if they wanted her, but that she ended up being a pretty good monster out of that. It some was of the... it was very useful for uh, doing no awoken skill yeah. stuff, but uh, I think Miro rocks oh, no awoken yeah. skill because you get the time extends exactly. Time extend is the leader skill, not an awoken ability, and all of a sudden it's you know way easier there. All right, uh, I think we'll move on from news. The only thing oh, left is the sure. 80 box space that I think people... Uh, it's not probably worth really digging into, but it kills the 20 box challenge, which I think people are annoyed about, but I don't think it really matters for the yeah. most people. But I think it's a big deal. I think, I mean, it's basically everyone got 16 stones for free that they forced you to spend on something, but 80 box space is not a bad thing. That's true. I wonder how that affects the quest. There was a quest dungeon that was like, expand your box space to 30. <laughs> Did everyone, I, everyone get that, know. or is it now 120? I bet. I, they, I mean, knowing them, they probably didn't think about it, and everyone probably passes that quest, but I don't think that was a quest that people were having trouble with. So, The Descended quests came out with the new patch as well. They did, and they, you know, I think they're had just... Had you had them all cleared? No, because, I mean, like, you, like we've talked about, I've cleared them at various points, some of them and not all of them, and so now I'm like, all right, I finally have to get around to finally... You know, again, clearing something like uh, uh, like I did Volsung today. I finally, because like, I, I had done it either when it was at half stamina in the coin dungeons or uh, it was in the multiplayer dungeons where you still got count. stones for them. Yeah. So for a while, you still got stones for doing the multiplayer dungeons single player. So I'd done those because I was like, well, I'll never have, I'll never have access to this again. Mm-hmm. So then now I'm having to go around and do them. I'm like, oh, fine, I'll, I'll get these. But I don't think you get another, you don't get a badge for these ones. You just get a new dungeon opened up. Yeah, the new dungeons, uh, and then the the only one left for, well, a, a fully new dungeon, which is pretty interesting, Zeus Rush. Yes. I don't okay. know that there's anything valuable in it. Is Zeus Rush new? It's fully new. Okay. It's a bunch of Zeus's in a row. God, it was God Rush before. Yeah, they had God Rush before. This is just, you know, Zeus Vulcan on the first floor, Zeus Mercury yep. on the second floor. Sure. Um, now, I was, I will say I was a little disappointed that even in the Mythical Plus version, it didn't look like I was facing new monsters. So there was no, like, Altivo Zeus Dios. Okay, they just did the same things they just do. Just same Zeus normal. Dios, you know, like, beefed up a little bit. Okay. But um, that was, you know, it was an interesting enough dungeon. I mean, it's basically, basically those those quests are basically, here are a bunch of extra stones. Because you get the dungeons opened up, you clear those, then you get five new dungeons, you get five more stones if you clear them. 
Yeah. It is what it is. Um, uh, the only thing, I mean, like, it was more jewels. I, I have so many jewels, I don't know what to do. They're all sitting in my mailbox, and they just sit there, and at some point I'm going to have to open them all. But I'm going to have to wait for them to come around again to the Chinese gods and feed all my red ones to uh, my second Awoken Leyline. Yep. Try and skill her up. Yep. Just, it, to, just to clean him out a little bit. My mailbox. There's like 80 things in my mailbox right now. Oh, I've got over we can 100 keep, and something. What's a... 256, is that right? Yeah. Or is it even more than that now? They might have doubled though. Know. But now you've got the 365 days, so... Yeah. All right. Non-IAP part one. Sure. We have gone for an hour and eight minutes already. I think that the part, part one of our non-IAP is probably... You know, it seems like it might be right. This might take us about a half an hour or so, and then we'll perfect. We'll take a little break. Um, so you sent me some notes yep. uh, on uh, things that you thought were significant for us to talk about uh, when we got together here, and, and I thought they were awesome. And uh, what the first thing that you have is that the non-IEP population is a deceptively large portion of the game so you, there's actually been a lot of articles about this recently and you can find them here and there and every game is different so i'm going to speak in generalities about free-to-play games that have yes. these kind of stamina type purchases generally speaking and and again this, this really does vary from game to game it's about 90 percent of the population doesn't spend money on the free-to-play games now there's a lot of that that are people who play for a couple days and then quit right so it's hard to say the exact numbers but a significant portion of the population doesn't spend money or even spends a very small portion of money on the games. And they don't make up a very big portion of the profits. And so the big controversy recently has been the fact that, you know, these type of games kind of play upon um, addictive behaviors in mm -hmm. the whales to get money. And the whales essentially support the non-IAP players in terms of cost. So, Essentially, for every non-IAP player there are, there have to be five. Just there has to be like for every five to six, seven non-IAP players, there has to be a whale. And so, to a certain degree, there's been a lot of talk about is this exploitive of those players, and and I don't think we need to get into all that. But it is important to note that they make up a really large portion of the population mm -hmm. of the game. And so, you look at any number of the hey, any Godfest held you know polls, and it's always are you IAP or non-IAP, and you look down the list, and you know invariably. Over half of them are non-IAP players. And so I I think I had emailed you guys and just said kind of, hey, you guys, you spend money on the game. And so does, I think Kevin had spent some money in the past, maybe a little bits here and there. A little bit. Um, but it's I think it's important to represent that portion of the population on the podcast. And so, Fair enough. I, um, I appreciate you being willing to come on and, and be that representative. Happy to represent it. Although I will not claim to be – I have purchased the one-time bundle, so I'm not completely non-IAP. I'm, I'm very light. So, um, But then I think, too, you know, it's important to know that Gung-Ho's profits are also starting to decrease in this game. And mm -hmm. so they have shifted their profit model. And so they, in their quarterly reports, and I think some of this was came out on Reddit and some of this was looked at by not me, by other people, mm -hmm. um, was basically that they are shifting their philosophy towards trying to get the non-IAP or light IAP players to purchase more and not necessarily focusing on the whales mm -hmm. and the people who spend a lot of money. And so things like this one-time bundle that is going to get reset, I think it's another piece of NA news that we didn't talk about, but it's going to get reset 10 days or so. 
is something that they're trying to get people to purchase five, 10 bucks and get the majority of the population to do it. So the way that their behaviors are looking in the game are changing in a way to make it more accessible to non-AV players. And we've talked a lot about Mirror. Mirror is a really good example of why it's gotten better and easier for non-AV players. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they did intentionally do this for non-AV players, but I wouldn't be surprised if in their business model they decided we need to make a player a, a really high-end character that's farmable and easily accessible to the large degree of the population. And so that's an interesting, you know, the interesting philosophy that comes out of that is like you are wanting to make the end game and sort of basically everything in the game feel accessible to everyone in the game regardless of how much money they spend so like if uh you know we were dealing with a situation previously where people would look at this end game content and be like you have to have your monsters max skilled and woken and you gotta have 297 everything and like i can't do that because i don't spend money and you know like i'm not going to just invest all my time in being able to do that um now we're looking at a situation where they're like hey here's this leader you can farm him you can yep. farm him and it's not terribly hard to do so and you can even with this leader unskilled yep you know there's you know there's a lot of time investment it's a big project but once you've got it you can do so much with it the end game content opens up to you and you can then do everything that and mostly i mean with some limited amount of of pulls from the REM, you're very likely to get a reasonable mirror team. There's enough subs available. There's enough farmable subs that it's doable. And so I'm not saying that it is part of their strategy to do this, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of their strategy. You know, they I don't think they intentionally did a welcome to Bay. I think that was kind of a, mm -hmm. hey, this happened to work out and this is how it works. And yeah. welcome to Bay is very accessible to non-IP players. But yeah. You know, I think that something like Miro could have been very intentional in the way that it very much makes accessible to makes the late game content accessible to everybody. I mean, you guys talked about on the podcast last time, the player that doesn't have any REM subs, no REM beats arena three with a co-op person who does, but that's opened up the whole, that opens up basically, if you can beat arena three, that's the whole game. Yeah. In my mind. I mean, that opens up every sub in the game to you. So it's interesting. I think... Um, I don't think it's a, you know, huge kind of huge, you know, big topic, but you know, you also saw back, what was this a couple months ago where there was a player on a different game in JP who was streaming and spent like $8,000 trying to get one monster and there was this big uproar and now there's laws in Japan about how much money you can spend up to the point at which you get the monster for free. And so that's kind of where MP uh. monsters came from. And so it's not to say that, that they design the game. They definitely have to design the game for both types of players. Mm -hmm. But what they do, I think, and they're very intentional and they're very good about this, is is making the game accessible to both players now. Whereas it wasn't that way. You know, I had one 297 monster for two and a half, or for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Now I've got a whole multiple teams of it, right? Mm -hmm. So they're making it easier. Um, skill ups, is, we talked a lot about skill ups earlier on. You could not skill up monsters within the course of a, of a couple days if you were not spending money on the game. Mm -hmm. It just it wasn't possible. Yeah. And now you can scale up a monster. Usually the two week dungeons come out, right? If you're if you're on it, and even if you do it just when the two times drops come out, you could scale up any monster pretty much in two weeks that they come out. Yeah, definitely. And especially if you're you know you're 
running that dungeon and then maybe running a higher exp per stamina dungeon mm-hmm. to get that return and get yep. your rank up and then you can start running again um if you've got those things timed out really well then you don't really you can run when you have time you can run repeatedly as long as you plan things well and then uh you can get your skill ups done well and now with like co-op and the Liu Bei farming teams it's faster and you can also just as, as non-ip you're not as high up in rank and we were kind of chatting about this a little bit before the podcast but you can often on these special dungeons just the non-ip player if you're playing with an iap player who's lower rank can pretty much just skill can just rank up continuously as you skill up a scarlet or as you skill up which are another way that these non-ip players have like the chance kind of to to kind of keep up yeah it's actually interesting uh i have a couple of friends that i've co-opted with who i think initially you know i I usually just co-op stuff with them now, but initially they, you know, were meeting me on Discord, you know, asking for carries, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I can do that, and, uh, you know, have become, like, just co-op partners of mine, and, you know, they are, you know, like, oh, I've uh, max-skilled my third Scarlet, and I'm yeah. just like, what the heck? Like, yeah. I remember skilling up my first Scarlet, and I was like, man, this is this is a huge, arduous process, um and uh it, but nonetheless like yeah i mean it's like you can you can do four skilled max skilled scarlets now i have seen one of the things that people say that they're going to do with four scarlets is button press arena with awoken cow cow and now i just want to point out that that does not work <laughs> like you might be able to get through once or twice with four scarlets and just popping a scarlet every turn but i don't think you can consistently button your way through arena with four scarlets so just anyone who's thinking about doing that keep that in mind however maybe you can run four scarlets and just cruise through uh, a dungeon that is like relatively difficult and seven floors long, something like that. Where uh, if you're trying to go solo for some reason, if yep. you have to go solo, you can you know you can pop a scarlet every single turn, and then maybe throw in your whatever skill is on your cow cow yep. uh, when you need to, and then that's going to help you burst through. Uh, you know, you know it's it's good for farming like contract dragons yep. and and stuff like that. Where you know you get to the boss and you need to do like four million damage. You don't need to just do eight hundred thousand. Well, and and I think that like Scarlets and Cow Cow now are a really good example of how non-IP has become much more accessible. Because with Scarlets, even if you wanted to do something like Arena, you could do it with two Scarlets and two subs that were very, very good and allowed you to kind of meet the whatever requirements that the Scarlets didn't meet. Especially if they're haste subs like a Lelaine or Leylon and something like that. You could easily get through something like Arena 1 as a solo in that fashion yeah. so that's a good example and i've run that as well i've done arena one solo with cow cow running uh antares yep. and scarlet and rao yamato it, it, I, I, you know if whatever little changes and tweaks you make there there's a lot of flexibility there and the two scarlets make your requirements for that team very minimal right yeah. and then you have more room for inherits you have more room for whatever it takes so yeah. I think that's important. So we, we've sort of already moved into the second topic that we had was that the difference between IAP and non-IAP had shrunken, shrunken. And the first thing that we mentioned, we have noted down in that topic is co-op. It's a big difference. I mean, ultimately what it came down to is you only get so much stamina a day. 
as a non-IMP player, you're generally not stoning for stamina. Mm-hmm. And we, we can, we're going to talk about stone usage later. Yeah. But you're generally not stoning for stamina as a rule of thumb. And so co-op makes it so that everything's half stamina and makes it such that these high EXP dungeons that may not have been accessible for you in single player are now accessible for you. And you can rank up pretty easily and continually run and pretty much play all day if you wanted to up to rank six, 700 mm-hmm. and just doing special dungeons with co-op. And so things that weren't accessible to you before are now way more accessible. So I think that's interesting that the way you phrased it and uh, that you're not stoning for stamina. Now I know that when I was doing non IP, there was this period where I was like, basically I would flip flop back and forth. I'd be like, I'm saving my stones to roll in the REM. And then at one point I was just like, you know what? I feel like the teams that I have, I have good REM subs and I don't know what I want. And even if I were to pull another leader, say, I don't want, I'm not going to pull enough to get more subs for that leader in that different color, perhaps. Sure. So I was in, I would flip flop back and forth. I'd be like, I'm saving stones to pull. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't need to pull for a while. I can just take a backseat for my pulling. I've got monsters that are good. I can develop them. And then all my stones would be repurposed. And if I was spending stones, I would spend them on stamina to do things like that. I think that that is totally a legitimate philosophy. But I think pulling is so much fun for the general player that I think it becomes really... I mean, it's really hard for me to say, I want to stone for this five times as opposed to, I can pull on the arm. I mean... So I, I, I think I, I most skipped the last Godfest and I pulled this morning mm-hmm. and I pulled six times. Okay. And that was like the majority of my stones, right? Mm-hmm. And so for like a month long period, if I, I think if I were to pull in every Godfest and I were to pull all of my stones, I think I would get four to five pulls per Godfest, mm-hmm. which is not a terrible amount. And so that'll tell you that you're getting, you know, 20 to 30 stones between every couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty good amount, but pulling is fun. And if you want to, as a non-IP player, one of the big challenges is like you don't necessarily want to stone for stamina because you're you're always trying to save for pulling because it's it's fun and entertaining. But then it just creates this problem where then now you've got all these monsters to work on that you didn't have before, and then you want to stone for stamina. And so yeah, um, but I, I think co-op really helps that. I think yeah. you don't have to do that. If you want to skill up a monster, it's twice as fast. Yeah. If you want to get a monster, you want to farm a, an REM monster. You, let's say you're doing your Liu Bei Zeus Theosis. You want to do that? It's so much faster to do it, and it's so much more stamina efficient now that it really shrinks the gap between non-IP and IP players because of the the rank experience as well. Yeah, so. I wonder though if uh, you know sometimes if you just sacrifice a couple of your pulls and devoted it towards uh, you know getting your skill ups done, if if that would open up things to you faster and and, so, and um, you know help you you know be able to enjoy the content a little quicker so i can give you that that's definitely true and i can give you a good example so when awoken pandora first came out mm-hmm. i had basically the perfect awoken pandora team but i didn't have enough plus eggs to to plus the whole team and so this was when 10 times the sense were first coming out and so it was like this is this is awesome i've never had this many plus eggs and it was stoning for stamina with kage kagetsugu or 
can't pronounce it. While or, running Kanetsugu? Kanetsugu, yeah. It was like worth it to do because yeah. it was so efficient. And now people were like, that's not worth the time. You do co-op or whatever and you get plenty of plus eggs on your own. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I wanted I wanted to finish that team. So I actually did Stone for Sam. It's one of the few times I've done it because then I got a fully plus Awoken Pandora team that allowed me to ex- access all this content. Mm-hmm. But you're you're only doing that in spurts, right? So like you do that for a while, you access a bunch of content and then you, you know, you miss a couple here and there, but like, you know, you're eventually going to get to it. And then something else, you know, your team starts to get less and less powerful, less and less powerful. And then at certain times in non IP, you just, you want to make that jump back up. And sometimes you'll do like what you said, which is just stone for stamina a couple times to get skill ups or plus eggs or whatever you need. But in general, that takes away from the fun of pulling, which if you're not spending money on it, you don't get to do so I think it's I'm always, I mean this is personally right I'm hesitant to want to stone for stamina because I'm like uh that's difficult now we'll talk a little bit about box space later but I actually am a proponent of the opposite on box space so and I think box space is worth it as a non IP player but it's again it's the same trade off right you're always making that trade off between box space stamina finishing a dungeon that's critical and pulling so. Okay. Um, so we've already kind of touched on the fact that as leaders, we have Miru, Lube, Cow Cow that all need very few REM subs or just like a couple here and there, uh, can really be made to work. Um, we also have listed in the, the thing that's shrinking the gap between IAP and non IAP are free rewards. Yep. That's big. Uh, Especially plus eggs. I, I mean, the 297 plus eggs the rewards that you get from the stream mm-hmm. that is so huge i mean 297 plus eggs is just a lot of work and a lot of not ap player unless you're doing this co-op unless you're and, and some people like like me i just don't have time to do co-op all the time i'm sure you're the same way yeah and that i can do co-op for like a couple hours maybe in an evening but that's like it for the week and i've got stuff going on in life and yep. i'm sure everyone does and that 297 reward allows you to get a full 297 team which just simply was not accessible to non-ip players almost maybe six months ago mm-hmm. um i don't think i had a 297 team until at least probably i mean it was probably when 10 times ascended started coming around so i think that's about six months i could be off by a couple months but before that happened i had one maybe two 297 monsters and i would like i would hoard it up and save it and be like unless this is going to give me a big jump in the content I can clear, it's not worth investing that that those 27 eggs. Hmm. And so, whereas most IAP players at that time were able to farm something like it was Star it was Star Thieves Den then, right? Uh, Star View Star Lane. View Lane. So Star View Lane, they would just farm it and be able to farm it for a couple hours and get basically what like a third of one, maybe if you stoned it for the whole time. Yeah. And so that wasn't accessible. So I get like. I is a non AP player, I get like thirty plus eggs, and then that would be my stamina for the next two or three hours. Yeah, and so or well, more than that, right? So probably mm-hmm. like seven, eight hours, and so it was very hard to farm plus eggs. Yep, it was very hard to hard to farm skill ups, and a lot has changed recently in the rewards they've given and the accessibility of skill ups and content, and the fact that we have ten times descents every time. I don't even farm for plus eggs really anymore. I just. They just complete the descent up. challenge or yeah, complete content that I haven't done or I'm farming a Tengu. I need skill ups on the Tengu and it just, you know, I get more of them or I was farming Scarlet last night and I get, you just get a bunch of plus eggs. And, yeah. and I don't think I even think about plus eggs other than just kind of dealing with them and managing them. 
anymore in terms of farming for teams. They just, if when I've got a team that I want to start, I just dump a bunch of the extra ones I've got in there and move on. And I'm sure that's the same for you guys now as well as, as IEP players, but the jump from no 297s to full teams is a big jump. Yeah. I mean, I think we've had two rewards of 297 to Madras just yep. given out for free yep. uh, to everybody. And then we've had also uh, two dungeons that were hard. Yes. Very hard. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I feel like probably most mid-game players were able to clear them, maybe With... spend one stone. And so that's a good example. But like of where... one stone for a 297. That's a good example of where stones are worth it as a non ap player, right? You're spending one stone for a 297. That can be can be very valuable, and I think. I mean, like even if you're even if you're at my rank and you have you know 300 stamina. Oh yeah. And you're gonna drop 300 stamina into uh, what is this Star Treasure Thieves Den? Like, yep. you know, you know, if I drop a stone into that, I'm not getting. You're getting about a full one, maybe with about two, a, full a stone one. or stone and a half, something like that. Yeah, actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, I tend to stone maybe once or twice per hour when I run that. Yeah, because it's only available for the hours. I guess so. I was thinking it was less than 297 because what ends up happening is you get all those single plus eggs and then you get all the plus sixes. Yep. And my plus sixes, I fuse to each other and I end up with plus 36s yep. and my singles go... So like I'll I'll run for an hour with somebody and I don't have a... a I'm not like immediately 297-ing a new monster. Yep. And it's because... The single pluses get separated out from the yeah. from the plus sixes, so it's just. The... But but a good example is that I rarely even run that dungeon because I get enough plus eggs now normally, and my stamina is more efficiently spent on skill ups or whatever I'm working on clearing content for stones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've run it. You know, I run it when it comes up and I've got nothing to do, but I don't stone for that. I don't tend to run it because I don't need to anymore. Now, I think most non player players are fairly careful about where their plus eggs go and that's part of it but it's also just the fact that you don't need to as much anymore i mean hera was zeus was hard hera was relatively accessible i think Mm -hmm. especially with mir mir could easily take hera out with minimal tries yeah i think i did it on like third try or something like that yeah but zeus was very difficult i thought with but that and I think we've actually had a couple challenge dungeons that gave out plus fifty of each. Yeah, and so that's another one there. And so that's I mean, if you started two months ago, you've got a plus two ninety seven team with no effort. Maybe you didn't do Zeus. Sure, maybe you didn't do Hera. Yeah. You, you're really close. Let's yeah. be honest. And that's a big deal. And that because even if you just have like a mere team with plus two ninety seven, you basically close the gap with mm-hmm. most IAP players. And a big thing is that. I would say that generally I put players high have more diverse options. Yes. You're probably more focused as a non-IAP player because you, you don't have a choice really. You only yeah. have so many options, but I think that it's, it's the gap is very much smaller. And then there's, there's just more stones given out. There's more, you know, there's more stones given out. There's more tomatoes given out. There's more, you know, it's easier for pre-dress, all that kind of jazz now. Yeah, and then with the quests that came out recently as yep. well, we feel like those badges have closed the gap as in addition. Like, I mean, I think the skill for a long time, skill bind resist was a door that that many people couldn't get past in certain dungeons. So there would be a dungeon with a skill bind resist as an IV player, and I just couldn't get past it hmm. because I would have sixty percent skill bind resist or forty percent on a team, and I had invested in my one or two teams, and if I didn't have full skill bind resist. I was just 
locked out of that dungeon, right? You could try to stall it out, but a lot of them you couldn't. And mm-hmm. so that closed the door off. And that so that'll open up a lot of things for a lot of people. Now that skill binders is at the last quest though. So it's it's if you've gotten that quest, you probably don't need it at that point. Okay. But I think that like the HP, the recovery, the attack, the skill boost. I think those really do help new mm-hmm. players. And those help non-AP players. And then right gaps. at the beginning, the team cost helps a lot as yeah. well. They just fill gaps, right? So like a lot of teams have gaps. And being IAP allows you to get all the perfect subs and fill that gap. Whereas non-IP, you're not always working with the 100% perfect subs. And so maybe you don't have as good of recovery as you might want. Mm-hmm. And so that 5% recovery can really kind of fill that gap recovery is like 25 percent. it's kind of oh, amazing right. actually and the hp is five and hp the, and attack are five, five yeah. yeah so i mean they those help a lot in terms of just allowing that the bindable the no bindable leaders or your being leader being unbindable is helpful too mm-hmm. right a lot of people don't have an unbindable leader or don't have something that can manage that so uh let's say you don't have a not let's say you just don't have a bind clear you just haven't pulled one and you haven't or you haven't maxed it and inherited it mm-hmm that's a big deal, right? And so I think that those help close the gap as well. Yeah, cool. I actually hadn't thought of them that way. Although, frankly, when the quests came out, I had all of them done. I got Pretty all much, the badges, yeah. and I, you know, I was mostly co-oping, so most of them don't, don't work matter. in co-op anyways. So it's like, and I don't even really think about them that well, much, to be honest. And I also think that at least. They help. I mean, they're, they're obviously there for newer players more than anybody, but mm-hmm. they help new players because they start out in single player, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal. And I think that non-IP players are incentivized to play co-op, but I don't have time every day to do co-op, and so it helps me a lot if I just, you know, my Awoken Pandora team just doesn't have as much RCV as I'd like it to have, right? And you add 25% onto it, that's a big deal. That allows her to stall through more dungeons, allows her to tank things, you know. Yeah. It's, it's helpful. All right. Let's talk about the virtue of patience as a non-IAP player. You know, it's clear we've already talked about the fact that you're not stoning for stamina. You're not getting things done super, super fast. Um, I think that, you know, if you're in the community and you're talking to people and they're like, oh, hey, this dungeon came out today. I max skilled my blank. I max skilled my blank. And, you know, you're just like, as a non-IAP player, you, you look at that and you're like, well, I'm we'll hopefully get that done this week. <laughs> yeah, and, and and let's extend that out to months. So Awoken Liu Bay, right? I I have Awoken Liu Bay. Mm-hmm. I f- I feel like this is a real extreme case that we're getting. It is, okay. but but it's a good example go to explain what what the length is that it can take. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to stone for stamina, you're gonna my Awoken Liu Bay probably took me five months to skill three Dios. Because it doesn't come around all the time. You can't always spend your stamina in it. Mm-hmm. And it's 15 skill-ups at a 50 stamina or 25 stamina dungeon. Yep. Depending on how you're going to, if you're going to co-op it or not. And um, the the thing with that, too, is that, uh, you know, it's not, none of the dungeons that had the skill-ups are actually very high experience for stamina. No. They're all pretty on the low side yes. for Descendants. Talking Hera Bjork, Hera, uh, or uh, Hera Bjork and Zeus Dios themselves. Yep. Uh, and then Green Bull Dragon, I think, also yep. skilled him up. I think but... you could do it, get him in God Rush and Devil. I don't know Devil Rush. But so God maybe Rush maybe sure. God Rush was your most efficient experience for stamina, but even that's not a hundred percent drop rate. So. Yes. So, so that's that's even that's a little rough to run as well. So I mean, and Mirror's a good example, right? That's a dungeon that takes fifteen skill ups and is tough. It's not like something that you necessarily have, and 
So my mirror was 297 and ready day one, but two, uh, four scallops, right? So it's right. like, if I think that patience is just something you have to accept. And it's much, it, it's like we've talked about, it's gotten better, right? So mm-hmm. if you were trying to skill up right now, I think it is Sumire, right? In the in the bi-weekly dragons. Oh, I would say Sumire. Sumire. I am definitely not going to pronounce things correct. So, well, I don't. I don't think there's any really good guide to how to actually pronounce things correctly. But uh, I don't even try. But I say think. whatever you want to say. To so Sumire we'll or, or Sumire, whatever. I, you know, I don't talk to people about the game all the time, so it's uh-huh. it's over text or my head. Um, but <laughs> well, I talk to people about the game all the time, and I just believe that I'm probably wrong about half the time. <laughs> probably, um, but. That's available in the coin dungeon, or not in the coin in the in the biweekly dungeon. You can probably skill that up now with three times skill ups or whatever in two weeks. But if you're talking about a descent boss, su- uh, Surtar or Dios, no or, idea how to pronounce that one. Yeah, at all. that one's. I'd have to look at the pronunciation. S U R T R. No way. No yeah. Clue. Um, near any of those scarlets, right? Mm-hmm. You're as an IP player, those take a long time. Yep. As a non IP player extend that out you know five six times and so i think that's the biggest thing that you have to be okay with and you have to also be okay with not being there and ready to play day one mm-hmm. right so all this you know liu bay farming you're waiting a period of time until you can do it you know you see all these people well, how many times how many skills do i really need on this dios can i do one less on this dios because i don't use it i use it second you know it's those are real things that you think about when you're not ip because it's just not feasible and and not necessarily feasible which is not feasible to have it day one not feasible to have it day 17 even so Mm -hmm. and i think that's a challenge for a lot of people that i think that i and they gung-ho preys on that to a certain degree right yeah they prey on this new i don't know if it's new but they prey on this idea that people want things now and that they're willing to spend a little bit of money to do that and that's not necessarily a bad thing i mean they make money doing it that's what they're trying to do and that's and they are offering content that people enjoy, and I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Um, but there's so we were talking a little bit about the efficiency part of it. I I enjoy that patience part of it because it does take you're trying to be efficient, right? You're like, okay, well, I have these deals today, but there's also you know this dungeon. Let's say Tamandras come up or Predras come up. It's like, oh, I got to make a decision at some point today of like, what am I doing with my stamina today? Whereas I'm going to stop you right there. I want to say that in terms of efficiency, it's very interesting to me that you mentioned Predras because to me, Predras are like the least efficient use of your stamina possible because mm-hmm. they're all these very marginal improvements Sure, that you can almost certainly counteract with uh, plus eggs or... Sure maybe comboing a little better or uh you know getting your monsters skilled up so it would seem to me that predra should be like even for me as someone who's an iep player i find pre like predra infestation is like super low priority Hmm. to me like i do not like people are like oh maybe some attack latents here or latents there and i'm just like eh so i guess the reason why i would prioritize predras is because they they're just so rare to come up and you need so many of them on a team and some of them seem to come up well i have tons of resist ones but if i want to attack ones i've got i've gotten in the whole history of my pad play 15 attack ones Mm -hmm. and so if i have 20 10 monsters that i think need attack eggs 
or attack latents, I'm not going to be able to get those. And so because it comes up so infrequently, I'm more likely to want to run that as a non-IP player. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with you. They don't add a big benefit to the team. But when you do get to the plus 297 part of it, right, you get to this point where Predras end up being this thing that comes up so infrequently and you can't stone, you tend not to stone for it. So how do you get enough of them to finish your teams is kind of ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean... I just, I guess, I, so I'm trying to look and find my Miru team and see what latents I have on the team because I feel like I don't have that much. And I think largely there's like resist latents that I've just thrown on there out of kind of whateverness. So let's see, I have zero latents on my Miru. I have zero on my Venus. I have four water damage resist latents <laughs> on Sun Wukong for some reason. I'm sorry, five. Yep. I have five dark damage resist latents on Apocalypse and I have five recovery latents on my DQ. And it and none of that is really it doesn't none of those feel significant in any way. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you. I think once you get to the point though where you've got the plus two ninety seven team, that's kind of like your only option for upgrading it. And so maybe I'm maybe I have a mindset of a later game player with non IP, but I have so few opportunities to get predres. They come up once every week, maybe I would say once every ten days, probably on average. And I can run it if I'm co oping it. I run it ten times. So if I want to get enough to put on a whole team and I want to get the right ones, mm-hmm. I'm running that for two or three weeks in a row, right? Without necessarily getting all the ones I need. And so that's why I would, pre- I would personally prioritize Predras because I don't have what I need for. But you're right in that in terms of efficiency, it's probably not worth a lot of players' time. Hmm. Um, plus eggs are probably more important. So, All right. I, it's, it's just interesting to me because like a lot of people have like said like oh like fully penta all the latents blah 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 and i'm just like so do you really even need them like i'm, I'm co-oping like you know what what's the point of having an hp latent on a monster sure when i'm running a, this dungeon in co-op and we've got fifty thousand hp plus we're doing heart yeah. cross for damage reduction i, I mean I, I agree i definitely do a lot of single player just because i don't have time to sit and do co-op yeah um and so that you know like my mirror has three hp and two skill bind resists or skill delay resists you know i've got a dqxq and a moogle with um all you know the the resists i think my apocalypse has all hps you know it just depends but i I think they're definitely something that adds to it if you're in single player. I think it's really important. I think they're not as important in co-op. I, I, I 100% agree. So, mm. um, Well, just think about it. That HP badge that you throw on there is equivalent to throwing... Five... Well, it's probably throwing it on the whole team, right? Throwing five HPs on the whole team. So that's even a bigger boost than right. Yeah. But they do stack, right? So that's important as well. Um, so yeah, you could do the HP latents plus the HP uh badge but nonetheless all right we'll move on from there uh and we're talking about stone usage uh so you were talking about you know don't you were talking about 
directing your stamina towards Predra. Uh, if we talk about stone usage, uh, you've already mentioned that you you like to reserve some stones for rolls. Yep. Um, and I think that we already had a little discussion about how critical that is for the IAP player or the non-IAP player. It's like it's not super critical. Yep. But you know, if you're trying to get back, if you're trying to pull yourself back up towards the top of the meta, yep. You know that you know maybe those stone, that stone, a few rolls here and there can really change things. For and you. you and I were kind of counting before the before the podcast. I have about a little under a hundred gods mm-hmm. from the rem and you had over 200 you They're thought like maybe 210 but then you sold some for mp definitely done that i've sold zero okay so i think i've sold one amaterasu because i was just so annoyed with it. but i had two of them and and so you are very limited in your options sometimes and you kind of have to go with what you roll and so the more rolls you get the more the better it is now there was one topic that i want to talk about in here that I'm sure people will disagree with me, but I actually think box space is really important for a non-IP player. I think people will make the opposite argument. Hmm. My opinion is that it saves you a lot of stamina. So the way that I view it is that if I can have enough box space to keep enough Evo materials, keep enough Descent Gods, Mm -hmm. I never have to specifically farm for them. Because, for example, if you're talking about like a red doublet, right? If I there's enough dungeons that that's in it, if I've got enough box space for 10 of those, let's say I'm if I kind of vary and I need to evolve a bunch of red stuff, maybe I get down to three or four, but then they build back up over time. Mm-hmm. If I never have to farm Friday dungeons, if I just wait for the pal egg machine and I never sell them off, well, you know, you got to have a limit at some point, but if you never sell them off, same thing with the scent gods, right? You're eventually going to need them for awokens or those type of things. So I tend to keep one of every descent god in my box just sitting there because that way i never have to farm it if it comes up again and so i'm sure this would help iap players or not but my view is that box space is a stamina saver even though you're gonna not get as many rolls now you have to have enough rolls to have good teams and some of that stuff mm-hmm. um i mean i think that's a, a perfectly valid point uh i know this one of the discord channels that i hang out in uh, there was a discussion a few weeks ago. Someone's like, wow, how do you guys have so much box space? And uh, people were spouting their various um, philosophies on terms of how much yep. of each Evo material to keep. Oh, yeah. Now, for me, a lot of the ones that I have, if it's a if it's a low-level Evo mat, sure. if it's a Evo mask or a dragon seed, yep. dragon plant, uh, a lit of a various <laughs> color i just have found that i just don't use them yep. anymore that's totally and fair i keep one of each that's funny and i sell box space until i have one one of each of those and then you bump up to the gold level ones right so doublets yep. and, and the rare mask now those are sort of exceptions the things that drop at the top level are kind of a more rare exception uh i will just let like those rainbow mythlets just yep. stack up i'll let rainbow keepers stack up i'll let gold keepers stack up um and then you know it, it has to get to like 15 or so before i'm like oh i yep. gotta trim it down but like you know the you know like a green doublet five i keep five at most and, yeah and, and somebody was like oh really 15 yep you know it's like 
I never then they were saying like I never have to go farm them exactly and, then, and that's my philosophy so I keep like I get 10 of the green ones or whatever mm-hmm. and then it to a certain degree it's even like if you think about the Thursday dungeon the mythical ones right where there's the three fruits I have almost never had to farm those even though I've skilled up two Verdandis uh, a Scald a Blonia another Scald or I'm in the process of another Scald and a, two Subakis and an Erd because I just don't get rid of them. So those are a good example where I, you never know which Godfest exclusives you're gonna gonna roll, and if you can save a certain amount, right? You get a, within limits, right? But I save up to like twenty to twenty five of those because then when one of those come out, I'll dump a bunch in as skill ups and never have to worry about skilling that monster up. So it's all a philosophy thing, right? So that, and, that's really interesting to me because I think the dragon fruits, the colored dragon fruits, are one of the ones that I just like. I am always short on them. I've always needed them for evos and I always need hmm. them for skill ups. And I just like, I'm just like, I never have too many of them. And it's not like I ever, I don't, I don't ever sell them or feed them yeah. away. I just, I just never have enough. The blue ones for whatever reason, cause I have three skulls and a bologna have never, never had enough of them. But in general, because of the pal, cause you, you eventually get forced to pull on the evo machine. Even if you don't, even if you're saving for like the enhanced machine or whatever. Yeah. Um, I get enough of them through that and through occasionally I'll do a Thursday dungeon if I have to, but I rarely run those dungeons because I've got enough of them saved up that they build back up even if I have to skill something up. And so everyone's got to go on their own philosophy. But as a non-IAP player, I think it's the stamina efficiency gained by saving some of them is sometimes worth the five to ten stones you do to increase your box space. Now, if you want to keep ten of each evil material, you're talking a significant portion of box space. Mm-hmm. I probably half my box is taken up by evil materials. Yeah. Um, how big? I, how how much capacity do you have? Do you know off the top of your head? With the eighty we just got, I have to look. I think I'm at thirteen hundred. Yeah. So you eclipse me. Yeah. So I I I take this to the extreme, and and I'm right now I'm I don't need that much. Like I was pretty I was pretty good at whatever I was at like. 1200 or something we got the 80 extra how many empty spaces do you have right now i've got 100 and that was because all the skill up stuff too so this is another reason to keep box space is because during the non-skill up time periods right you want to be saving yes. for the skill ups. and so that that i think you definitely need like 50 ish maybe even more if you guys like for the iap players i would suspect you probably need 100 ish maybe on skill ups uh, empty spaces? Or? Yeah, to just for like your in-between period where we don't have a skill-up event going on. I like to have 200 okay. empty spaces. So I can probably get up to about 50 during like my time period in-between mm-hmm. skill-up events where I've got stuff. And so, but, so right now it's a skill-up event, so I don't need that space. And so I was probably around like 12, 25 is where I kind of sit normally, but I have 1,300 now. But, you know, you can see I also would keep, you know, tons of everything you can look at my box and we're I'm kind of, seeing lots we're of looking everything. at it if we just sort by type i'm sure if we looked at my evo materials would take up oh a significant portion of my box right so yeah. but i never farm for this stuff which i think is valuable and then i never spend stamina on in general right on doing evo materials mm-hmm. and i think that people have to do those dungeons occasionally and i think it's a waste of stamina because um, you're always going to be at periods where you have lots of red lids and then you drop down and you have more and you drop down. And so it's interesting because, uh, you know, you mentioned it. Uh, I think that it 
kind of cuts both ways in in a sense because oh, yeah. you know the IAP player ends up with more things yep. that they need to evo so their stuff does run out and they do yep. need to farm in the end but uh, as a non IAP player in terms of you know laying out your strategy for that not having to farm those is pretty nice yeah and it's better with co-op now I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that and it's better with the it's easier now with the evo machine um yeah i i would say though that uh you know you know with as a non-aap player and aiming towards efficiency the more that you can hold your farming even in yes. co-op to stamina efficient experience per stamina efficient yep. things you know the better off you are like well, and you want to have enough you first i mean this philosophy goes on the fact that you have a team that works uh-huh. right because you don't want to spend things on box space until you've got a team that's going to get you through content and so i think that that's kind of my and, and my philosophy is completely different than a lot of non-ap players right they're super focused on not having box space because they want to pull more and it's totally mm-hmm. a fair fair assumption or what, fair just philosophy out of curiosity what is the least stamina efficient project you've ever done oh like God. probably something to the accord of like a vishnu skilling up is pretty ridiculously painful mm-hmm. um i am notoriously bad at wanting to to get all of the monsters done and so i have for example most of like the heart maker dragons done i have most of the healer girls done in both versions oh so you're talking about the fruit dragons not the fruit ones but the uh what are they like um drawl so like this i'm showing you but uh so I have lots of that. I have lots of We're talking ag draw toy stuff ceratops. that you're probably never going to use. But I've always had the thought that I would go to non REM again. I think we've talked. I think uh-huh. I've talked to you about this that I've actually done the non REM challenge on a different account and wanted to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And so I've always wanted. So if I have like nothing to do with my experience, I'll dump them into something like that. Um, in, in terms of stamina efficiency, I think we, we we kind of touched on this too. So do you think? Um, oh, go ahead. I, I, I'm curious. I I just you have your uh, your pad account open. Sure. And I can see that you have a king mastering in oh, your yes. box. And um, that not seems level. like a relatively inefficient use of stamina. Oh, completely. And so I think every pad player has their projects, right? Yeah. And things they like. I happen to just want to skill up the things that I can farm because you never know when you're going to use them. It's funny, the king mastering actually got used in a couple clears of Zeus 297. Oh, okay. Very cool. So, like, I've had situations where it has helped me, um, where I've had something that was skilled up and ready to go. So, yeah, you've talked about your corpse dragon, which is a complete waste of time, probably. But did, hey, I you, used my dragon zombie as a leader to clear zombie. a bunch of the uh, descended challenge that came up. Not the highest end stuff, but, you know, some of it. Um, But so, for example, having dragon zombie plus gremory works quite well. Oh, I'm sure. I beat Harris Willow with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, I've had, like, just, like, stuff like, you know, the the Dark Drevel Dragon, right? The Cyclone Dragon. I've used him on all attribute teams, right? So, you have to obviously plan for stuff like this, and you have to care about it, but it helps having things done. But I, I will no way claim that completing farmable monsters, skilling them and leveling them is efficient use of my time and stamina. Okay. All right. Cool. So you, you have to, uh, you know, pick your projects. Uh, you can lean 
you know, all in to efficiency, or you can be like, uh, you know, I'm going to be efficient, but also achieve my goals, my fun goals. You can be in the middle somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And then, then some people just want to just kind of log in and screw around and that's fine. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what the game, I think you, you've talked about this on the podcast and that that's what opens the game up to so many different players. Cause there's so many different ways to play the game. There's so many different ways to enjoy the game. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's see. We've already—I think we've already touched on everything we wanted to do uh, as far as stone usage. Uh, you also note in your notes you gave me box space and friends. Now, what do you think about the friends list? I feel like the friends list is sort of becoming almost obsolete. I agree. Uh, I think that if you were to ask me this question six months ago before co-op. I think that my answer to you would have been you need to max your friends list because it gets you more pal points, which then gets you more free stamina, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I, for very early on, had a full 300 friends list. And I get significantly more pal points than my buddy who's got like 100, 150. I'm not saying that that's worth that extra stones now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have pretty much full pal points every time we're through the amount but if you co-op you're gonna get that now anyways and yeah. so i think that it's an interesting discussion it definitely best friends are important i think those are actually very important to mm-hmm. help with um it's hard to necessarily get more of them but one of the things you can do as a non-ip player is if you can use kind of that gap between japan and us to identify what's the next big thing that's coming up if you can get that leader up right away a lot of times you'll get more best friends and then that can really help you. And then your friends list, having it maxed does help. Mm-hmm. Do you have your friends list maxed? I don't. Yep. I'm at like 215. And so it's it's even going to be less important. I don't, I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the podcast, which is that one of the new JP updates is that the you are going to be able to open up your co-op to everybody and not just your friends list. Hmm. And so I think that that makes co-op much more accessible and much less important that you have more friends. Because one of the big challenges for me is like I don't have time to go on the Discord server, find somebody, and I, I just don't want to deal with it. And then I'll open it up and just like open it up to the, my friends list and no one will join, right? Yep. Because no one's joining that way. But if it opens it up to everybody in the game, there's a high potential that somebody will join. And then it's why why you even have a friends list anymore. It's like why if I can open my co-op to everybody in the game, someone will jump in and it'll just be like the Discord server, right? Yeah. I wonder if they'll do it kind of like when you see friends pop up, it's usually like a leader that you've used that leader before and stuff yeah. like that. But all right. Um the last thing that I wanted to cover in this section of the podcast and we are about to hit two hours, so good oh, job. Um, is, uh, you know, as a non-IAP player, uh, trying to interact with and play co-op with people who are IAP. Now, I uh, I popped on to uh, the sort of Discord channel that I spend the most time on, and I saw a couple folks who are very light IAP or almost entirely non-IAP players. Um, and I was like, you know, hey, like, what's the biggest thing that IAP players don't get about being non-IAP? And uh, one of the things that was came up right away is that they sort of don't get that you don't have infinite stamina. 
And so like a lot of IAP players and, and this is sort of myself in some respects because, you know, I put a lot of the stones that I have, uh, I basically, the sort of the way I work is I kind of like, I'll spend stones to roll in mm-hmm. Godfest. Yep. I'll buy stones to roll in Godfest. And then I, in between, I tend not to buy stones and I will, but I will use whatever stones I feel like to farm, whatever, because I will a get the stones from what's available in the game, yep. so I, I tend to stay about level. I'll probably spend, you know, maybe two to three stones in a day sure. farming, but I'll also earn two to three stones. Easily, or there'll yeah. be a day where I don't spend any stones and I get two or three, and you know, it sort of evens out in the end. Unless there's like a day where I have a big project that's like a very stone costly. Where you're willing stam- to spend the whole day sitting. Yeah, there it's a very stam- or and it's a very stamina inefficient thing or something sure. like that. Um so but even those days tend to only eat up about five or so. Um so, you know, but you know, so I as a player, when there's a dungeon that I really want to run, I wanna run it until it's until I've got everything I want out of it. And if it costs me three stones, I'm down to do that. Now, three stones for me is I'm at like about 370 per stone stamina wise. Uh So, you know, if I'm, if I'm spending three stones, that's a thousand stamina. That's a lot of runs. You can get most things done with a thousand. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, I'm talking, you know, a thousand stamina is 40 runs of a rogue dungeon or something like that. And there's probably a rank up in there somewhere. Probably. uh, Even with uh, what it cost me. So. You know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. So when I play with somebody, and you know, our our friend JJ, who's been on occasionally, uh, you know, he's, you know, he texts, he's like, hey, like, uh, you know, you want to run this dungeon? I think it was just Tamadras, and I was sure. like, yeah, I want to run Tamadras. And he's like, I'm like, how many runs do you want to do? Because I'm conscious that he's not going to stone yep. for stamina, and he says, as many as you want, and I'm like as many as i want because i'm just gonna run it until the time's up like you know like and i'm like we run it and he's like okay i'm done it's like that was four as many as i want was not four (laughs) and i think that that's where i mean even though i kind of knew that that was coming but like and he misrepresented what he was gonna be able to do but uh i mean i think that that's a very common attitude in the you know the iap players like yeah, this dungeon is around for an hour. Yep. And we're going to run it for an hour. And, and well, you want to use your time efficiently. Yeah. It's, it's more of a time thing than it yeah. is like well, a couple. Yeah, it certainly is for me. It. Yeah. I definitely think that's a big part of it, right? So, but I, we, a little bit before the podcast, we talked about this. I think it goes the other way. And then I think non IAP players get this impression that IAP players have infinite stamina, which you don't, right? You don't have infinite time or stamina. There's always limits to what you're willing to do and what you're willing to play on. And so, I've actually been co-oping with an IAP player who I know, and he was like, oh, I'm done. And I was like, why? He's like, I gotta go to bed. And I was like, oh, like you can't just play forever either. Even though I've still got stamina left, you're not, you've got other time. And so I think that it does go the other way. Um, but, you know, a lot of times you get in these co-ops and you just go until your stamina is done. And now I think it helps with the fact that, you know, you can run these rogue dungeons and you can basically infinitely rank up especially because a lot of the non-iap players are lower ranked than the iap players and so with that you can i think the rogues are mostly to like rank 500 600 time somewhere in there um monday dungeons can be added in you know yeah um 
something to think about if you're running with somebody who's a lower rank, which I was actually running with my brother-in-law last night. He could rank up infinitely. And then he would have, but he would rank up so fast that he have all this extra stamina. And so he didn't want to, he didn't want to waste all that extra stamina. So he had to find something to do in like the interim period that he, so he went and single player, like something else. So I would do co-op with him for like 20 minutes. He'd rank up. We do co-op a little bit. He'd get close to ranking up and then he'd be like, I don't want to use all my stamina inefficiently so then he would go and he would do a couple things and then we'd come back in 10 minutes and we'd rank him up and we'd do some more because i was infinitely ranking up on scarlet last night and so yeah he just had a lot of extra stamina where i was just like right at the limit mm-hmm. and so that that'll come up occasionally yeah. but um i think the other thing that it seems like you know iap players a lot of time you know they'll be like oh well this sub is the best one for that dungeon and you're as a non-iap player you just look at it and you're like well i don't have that one yep. You know, I understand that, you know, I, this happened to me. Um, I was running, just farming Machine Zeus. And now I, like, a heavily REM team, but I don't have Yomi Dragon. I've just never bought sure. Yomi Dragon. Uh, and he's like, oh, Yomi Dragon's better than Pandora for this dungeon. Sure. It's like, well, I don't have Yomi Dragon. And you're right. Yomi Dragon does have better stats. <laughs> Uh, and you know, like has the guaranteed making of four hard orbs rather than like just yep. hoping there's enough light orbs on the board, but I don't have it. And, and it's, and it's, you know, I'm assuming as a non IEP player, if you're trying to plan to run a dungeon and co-op with someone who is a IAP heavy IAP, who is just like, Oh, well you should have, you know, all of the subs or at least if you don't have this one then you have this other one that's nearly as good you know like yeah if someone's like oh well i don't have shiat for my uh blue miru team but i've got bloden that works you know i have this other six star gfe you know like things like that i i think that it's it can be difficult because a lot of the farming teams are optimized to be very efficient now mm-hmm. and they require very specific subs in both and a lot in certain dungeons certain ones are easier right like so scarlet that i've been running with my brother-in-law i have a team that's got a couple inherits on it but one inherit which is a raw and like a susano or something like that mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of dios i told him all you need is a bind clear and a bunch of dioses and then he said that's fine but then you get into some of the other more complicated like mirror you have to have a couple different inherits and so the non-ap player doesn't always have all that and so the most efficient stamina or most efficient ways to do it are not always possible Mm -hmm. and so you have to either find other ways to do it or be willing to skip it like be willing to pass or be willing to just stall for a turn or two here and there and so i think a lot of the a lot of people who are very heavy IP just want to be efficient and want to get it done, and they want to find the perfect teammate who has exactly the requirements they need, and it's not necessarily accessible for the non IP player, and yeah. that that can be a challenge I think for people. So I think if if you're willing to help out non IP players and you want to run with them, it's about being a little more creative and a little more uh, understanding that they might not have the Lisa for the perfect mirror farming team, mm-hmm. right? That they may have to, you may have to combo a little more on that that floor to get past it. Yeah, you know something like that, and so they end up being less efficient, not perfect. And I think that's a something that you know, in terms of like Discord and some of the work, some of the stuff that that goes on. You know, you'll say I need an Awoken Lee will be team with a Fentanos inherited on this and this on this, and you're like, 
well, well, I don't have that, so what do I do? And then you just you can't participate. But I'm sure a lot of IEP players are willing to work around that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of them are, especially for someone that they know. Yeah, of you course. know, if you, maybe you've run this other dungeon with them, oh, and yeah. that went super well, and they're like, oh, "I want to farm this, but I don't have this and this." And they're like, "Oh, well, let's figure it out." You know, and there's people that are like that, yep. and there's people that are also just like, "I want to do this max efficiency, blah blah blah." That's it. Yep. And you know, one, you know, there's both different, both attitudes have their pluses and minuses well, I, I think you've talked about this a lot and that you're willing to just help people out and i think that a lot of people who play casually are very similar to non-ap players and that they have certain teams that they play and so you've got to be willing if they want to just clear content you just have to be willing to work with them mm-hmm. to figure out what you can do to get past the content yeah and it's not about farming it as much as it is about just how do i get that you know volsung so that i can evo this or something or how do i get the you know this this monster so that i can get to this monster or whatever that might yeah. be or be willing to farm you know mirror with pandora as opposed to farming it with awoken Liu bay when it's perfect and yeah it takes more time i don't know if you'd be willing to help somebody yeah you're really willing to help your friend but yeah i mean like i'm willing to help people get through the dungeon yep but then the, the 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 thing is is that getting someone their first Miru is like a gateway because now they just need more and more and more so that they can get those skill ups. Yep. And there's a lot of skill ups and it's like one of those things where it's like, Hey, like uh do you wanna run that again? It's like I do not because that took forty five minutes. Yep. And I already have mine max skilled. <laughs> like I don't wanna run again. Uh and I like I am more than happy to try and get you your first clear, get you that Miru. Yep. She's going to be a strong leader for you. But, like, am I going to sit and spend 16 hours farming the skill ups? Probably like, not. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, and that I just described it as a 45 minute dungeon. So, 16 hours is still not going to get your Miru skilled up all the way. No, I think mine took 50 feeds or something like that to get mine. And that's pretty good. I, I think that as a non IV player, you have to be willing to accept that people are not going to carry you through things infinite number of times you're going to have to farm things on your own sometimes i think it's not that you have to find you have to find a partner that's at the same in the same places yeah and and a couple of the uh folks that i've like carried through some stuff initially have found like uh this one guy uh you know i carried him through a dungeon really early on and you he still comes to me to chat about stuff and we have we have a really good relationship i I love i love talking to him but he found a partner and he's like, he's like, ah, oh, I found this guy. It's so awesome. We're grind buddies. And I'm like, that is amazing. You guys are in the same place in the yep. game. You have similar goals and you are willing to like run stuff together and accomplish things together. Whereas like, you know, you're, you're accomplishing those things at the same time. Whereas like if someone comes to me and is like, hey, like, can you help me farm Zeus Dio? So I'm going to be like, I farmed four max guild zeus dios and i have since also farmed to max skill my real life friends zeus dios as well so i've probably farmed enough zeus dios to max skill eight to ten zeus dios that's just painful and i don't want to do it for someone that isn't like a personal friend of mine yeah. like you know if it's like someone i know i'm like yeah let's run some yep. you know it's it's mindless it's brainless Sure. Whatever, it's fun. I actually kind of like the fact that there's like a, you know, I was I found the team somewhere with like moderately push button. So it's yep. like oh, you swipe the first board, and then I push three buttons and swipe the yep. board, and then you swipe a board, and we're done. Um, but you know, like 
do I want to carry someone through that farming process? Like, well, and especially someone with a mirror, right? It's like, yeah. I, from so, talking from somebody who basically single player farmed mirror through the whole thing, Ooh. it's brutal <laughs> and it is very helpful to have somebody in cult, but it's sometimes it's hard to find somebody, and so you have to figure out ways to do it. And yeah. and you're as a non IP player, you like we talked about, you're behind the eight ball. You're always behind the eight ball, and so if you want to farm mirror, you if you didn't farm it in that first weekend, right? Yep. You're probably behind the eight ball, and there's not as many people farming it. Yep. And they're not. If you don't have the perfect team to farm it, you're gonna have less people who are gonna want to help you farm it, and so. You've got to find either single player or finding a friend or however you do it, you can make it work, but it just takes longer and it's there's a gap, right? And mm-hmm. so it's harder. Um, yeah. But there's players who are willing to help you through it plenty of times. So, yeah. and you can find a player who'll do it a couple times here, a couple times there. You can single player it, especially once you have mirror, it's doable single player. Yeah, totally. So. All right, I think that that is the end of part one of this podcast. We managed to hit the two-hour mark on part one. Way to go, us. Uh, maybe the second part will be shorter? Maybe. You can hope so. We can make probably it probably starve if we don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, uh, we will end it right here and take a break and come back with part two in the next episode. Sounds good.